discovering the object of the podcast is the object of the podcast. Uh, very good. That's, that's the, that's the, the newsman. Yes. yes. Right? He had that kind of voice. Sure. Yeah. Is that a real guy? Yes. Well, I don't mean like, is he made up? He was a, but he, he's a real newscaster. He was not an animatronic right. attached to Graskin, but also he was Daniel a real newscaster. Daniel Shore, he was an NPR newscaster. Yeah, those are his credits. They're all newscaster yeah. credits. And then I guess a collection of fake newscaster credits as well. I Damn. feel very, very um, justified in assuming that that was meant to be Dan Rather or somebody a little hmm. bit more sure, recognizable. They that would be cool if it was Peter Jennings, whatever. Yeah, right. some yeah. eternally... Oh, Blitzer. Well, sure. I mean, Blitzer will do anything. Yeah. It would now you would get Blitzer. No offense to Wolf Blitzer. If he's the listening. Man just, he'll do a cameo. You'd get Blitzer, yeah. you'd get Cooper. Cooper will do any of these things. Tapper. Kiernan. <laughs> Pat Kiernan. Well, Pat Kiernan He's the king of this. But well, that's think, only if it takes place in New York. This right, film takes place he, in San Francisco. Right. But he is definitely, yes, he's happy to do it. Pat Kiernan must have an incredible like residuals rundown. If you look at his yearly, mm. you know. I mean, some of these. Yeah. He's in the Avengers. Yeah, he probably gets some cash. Like, well, just the quantity of that. No, no, no. I know, but he's yes. also he's in some big boys. Can I brag? Jake Tapper, Wolf Blitzer, Pat Kiernan, all follow me on Twitter. Oh, Jesus Christ! Oh no. Well, can I brag? Yeah. Alex Jones. Does he? On Blue Sky? Yeah. Oh, good. On Mastodon? No, 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 no. I'm not joining. I don't Blue think Sky. they let him on that one. Here's here's I'm putting out an APB. No one send me an invite to Blue Sky. This isn't me negging people. It's that it you don't last, want in. I don't want in. I, I haven't invited you. I want to go down with the ship. I've invited six people so far, and you weren't one of them. The last couple of weeks, blank check listeners have been doing. And here's another APB. If I don't know you in real life, don't send me a DM that starts with like, "Hey, Griffy baby." <laughs> oh wait, no, 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 no. I think you should retract that. You would. Be, <laughs> you never know who you want to do that. You would be <laughs> astonished. I'm not like saying this because three people have done this. I'm like. 50 strangers a year message me and go, Griffy baby. Griffy baby. Yeah. Is this a reference to something specific? No. no. This is just people who think that you would enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, or or here you go, King. Blue sky invite. I don't want to join. I appreciate the thought. It's considerate. I don't want to oh, join. Oh, I see. They're trying to get you on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, but right. No. Yes. Um, Only one of those has been anyone I've ever spoken to in real life. Brendan, you're not really a social media guy, right? Smartly. Not anymore. Pushed well away. You. Oh, you once were? Yeah. I mean, I was on Twitter for a few years. Sure. Um, I or have some an of Instagram your favorite account. My, some of my favorite tweets? Oh, boy. Um, I actually saved a bunch of my favorite tweets recently. Oh, boy. I'm sure when I canceled my Twitter account, mm. which was around 2018, I'm pretty sure, I'm sure I downloaded all of the uh, mm. pertinent information, but I don't know. I mean... You also hired a calligraphist, too. <laughs> yeah, and I had them all framed. Transcribe all your faves. Yes. They're hanging in one room in my house. It's a hidden room. It's it's locked. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you don't have the key. I don't have the key. But they do exist. <laughs> my wife doesn't know it exists. Nope. So the room. It's a private room. Uh, it's a panic room. I, <laughs> no, it was, you know how Twitter will, every week now, it'll feel like, is this the last day yeah. of Twitter? You know, so it's sort of like another wall falls off or whatever. <laughs> And people will start those threads of like, hey, post your favorite tweets in here, you know, all timers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was just scrolling through one and I was like, I'm going to screenshot some of these because I think I'm getting close to being done with Twitter. Yeah. But I do just want to save such, uh, you know. Wait, like, yours? No, no, no. Uh, like just oh, famed that tweets. That game I like. I still have my number one uncontested favorite of all time. Okay. Which is? I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but I believe it is 
thoughts and prayers to my little nephew. Ain't nothing wrong with him. His face just looks like a damn honey bun. <laughs> it's a classic. And, he, and it does. There, and there's it does. a picture and it does. And, it does. It does. and you look That's at the photo classic. and it does. I don't know uh, if this one's old or recent, but I I liked, I saw one recently um, that someone sent to me, which mm. was something like, Reservations are so ridiculous. You walk in and you're like, "Here, I'm here for my spaghetti appointment. Thanks." <laughs> <laughs> See, there's so many good. Like, hey, what so a many what a bounty ones. there is. Just, but now increasingly buried in a you know mountain of shit. Yeah, absolute shit. Um, anyway. here's a, here's a fun one. Uh, Twitter keeps on giving me promoted posts for a podcast mini series. That seems to have the goal of exonerating Kevin, Kevin Spacey. Spacey. Have yeah, you been getting that. this oh, one yeah. as well? Oh yeah. Look, there's produced so f- by Kevin Spacey. There's there has so- to be. Yes. I, mean, I I hope that check was good. That's all I'm going to say to the production team and host of that show. There's so few people who want to advertise on Twitter. I think it's pretty easy to yeah. get out there. Yeah. 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 An unavoidable it's campaign. It's time for me to start getting my name out there on Twitter.com. Um, Kevin Spacey truther is just a thing you think wouldn't exist. And look, we will have talked about him. David is steering the car off the road. <laughs> Just trying to like get off the highway here. You yeah. Know? Uh, yeah, that's true. We're going to talk about him. Uh, f- we will have talked we about have him re seven. Yes. Um, but we're that's recording the only this. Fincher movie he's in, right? Yes. He produced Social Network. Oh, and then of course they did uh, House of Cards. Right. And, right. and he produced Social Network. He brought the script to Fincher for Social Network. He optioned the book. And was the one who got Fincher on board. Cool. Is it? I You seem to love that. Well, I'm happy the social network got made. Me too. What do you want from me? We're recording this episode before our seven episode because of our guest who is in New York now. Right. And will not be when we're more deeply into Fincher. True. True, true, true. This is our second Finch episode, but uh, an early Finch. I'm biting my tongue because I really bet I wanted to do seven. Yes. But... Happy to be here for the game. There guys. was look. There was a there was a bit of a game in terms of arranging the pieces on the board for this. That's right. Uh, our number one prerogative in life is mm-hmm. to uh, never do a Zoom episode ever again. Look, it's going to happen. We're going to have to, but yes. as few as we can. We do feel like we perhaps knock on wood. Carved out a six month run for ourselves. I know, but without, I think, no, we're going to jinx it. There's going to be a couple. No, one's definitely going to fall knocking. through. One's going to be another one. Right. We'll see. You know, like, but we're going to largely avoid doing Zoom. You did Zoom with us once, and, you know, it's weird. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't my favorite we should say what way to do it. But this I had is, a blast. And who you Thanks. are, and also introduce the second guest of this episode. Mm. This is, of course, Blank Check with Griffin and David. I'm Griffin. I'm David. It's a podcast about exonerating Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, it's a podcast about filmographies, directors uh, who experienced massive success early on in their careers, and they're given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want, and sometimes those checks clear, and sometimes they bounce through breakaway glass onto a giant airbag baby. Um, what a film we are talking I think you got the better film. Oh. I said it. Wow. I said it. And I, and I think Seven is uh, awesome. I'm not, like, anti-Seven. Right. I think this wow. is better. I think Fincher would... Uh, and I've this, uh, mm? I've interviewed Fincher. Spencer, mm? you know, like yeah. I mean, I'm gonna be bragging about that a lot. I forgot to brag about it yeah, the first episode. Yeah. Uh, I think he would scoff at me for saying that, but I think that he, this is gonna be a fertile conversation. He does not seem to love this movie. I maybe land in the middle on it. This film is a masterpiece. That's wild. Okay, you're okay. gonna have to fucking explain yourself here. Really? I think this movie is solid. 
I think this movie is not seven. Sure. Which is, I think, sure. what That's I fun. thought when I walked out of the theater in 1997. That's certainly what I got tagged It's maybe like in. a seven out of ten. Uh, <laughs> ben? Loved it. Yeah! Wow. Game, 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 game. Ben and I have... We're uh, talking about the CW sitcom, right? Yeah. Tonight? <laughs> Remember that? Uh, producer Ben also asked right before we recorded if JJ, our researcher, had put together a dossier on the game The Rapper, which he did not. It just feels like it should be part of... How many episodes do you think the game, the American sitcom, ran for? 122. Episodes. Correct. 148. Jesus. Nine seasons on Jeez. three networks. Okay. Uh, WB. Nope. So it starts on UPN? Correct. Then to CW? Yes. And then to BET? Correct. Wow. Did six seasons on BET. Mm. It's such a good name for a rapper. Isn't it also the, the name of a pickup artist? Yeah, well, well that was his, um, right, his, Mystery. his his sort of uh, his Tao. The game his, was you know, his philosophy. Yes. Oh, the game is, is right. how he, he is mystery, but well, then you he teaches you how to play the game. Mm-hmm. Organizing right. principle. Right. Yes. Uh, where you're peacocking, necking. Yes. Right. Yeah. That was mostly it, right? Yeah, that would th- those were the two steps. And right. and 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 that game is, is still <laughs> with us today, sadly. I see it and I overhear it on dates out in public. Well, now, you, you do Los overhear Angeles, a lot of dates. And you overhear a lot of dates. I, I, you have one I, of those I actively <laughs> eavesdrop yeah. on dates. Do you dates? have yes. one of those big old-timey... Yeah, he's like a yeah. professor calculus. He's got <laughs> yeah. a trumpet that he Don't puts in need his one. I have exceptional hearing. Hey! Wow. Too good, in fact. It's too good. It's so good, it gives me panic attacks. Well... Oh, like that you're like Superman. You, hear you can too hear much. too much. And you once played a Superman-esque man. That's true. And I... One I, letter off. That's true. One one letter off. More Which like is, Super Ian. Right. Super Ian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and his name was Ian on the show, right? Look. Yeah, his no, pseudonym? No. No, did, okay, I'm joking. Never, never had one. Yeah. Super Ian did not have any. That was, that was season three shit. Yeah, you know. That was in that pile of season three shit we didn't get Well, to Jan do. Salky did not see fit to get to that plot no. point. No. And to be fair... You probably shouldn't have led in the meeting with Salky with like, we'll finally learn Superion's name. She's like, wait, that's that's what you got? She's like, unless his name is I'm a ghost, I'm not interested. Yeah. And no, her response to that was, who are you? Yeah. I don't think that show is on my is, network. The bathroom is to the yeah. right if that's yes. what you're looking for. Yeah, I've never heard of the tick. Um, no, here we are. Here we are. Listen. Let's talk about David Fincher's The Game. Yes. Films. David Fincher. The Curious Pot of Benjamin Buttcast. Mm-hmm. Favid Dincher. Favid Dincher. I like to call him. We, we dare call him Favid Dincher. This movie Nickname. stars Dyko Muglis. Our guest and... today. Return to the show. Second time. First time in person. Hello. Oh, yeah. Brennan Hines. I am happy to be here my with dear my friends. friends. Phenomenal actor. Phenomenal? Phenomenal. Hmm. King amongst men. Pretty good. But, Pretty good. But Pretty there's good. a second guest oh. also in studio. Yeah. And he's breaking a record. Yeah. That's the true. first ever in studio dog guest true. in the history of Blank Check. Well, he's sleeping. His name is Earl. Hello, Earl. And there is a plot twist that we have not revealed to you. David, and to you, Ben. Earl is what? pregnant. It is Earl's birthday <gasps> oh today. Oh, my God. We have an in-studio <laughs> birthday. Dog birthday. How old is Earl? He's seven. Great age for a dog. Seven. Yeah. Hey. Sort of right in the middle there. S-E, backwards, numeral. He's kind of similar. Like, seven in dog years is 49. Then in the game, Michael Douglas is turning 48, is he not? 
Well, they they have adjusted the math on that. Oh, Apparently, it's a little more nuanced than than just multiplying by seven. I'm not one for nuance. I like to live in the nineties. <laughs> well, then keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> no, Kiss. what's the nuance now? I, also I don't remember like the, specifically. It's, it's like the bigger the dog, the faster they age. Right, the, the smaller dogs. It's can all age. of them after right. a certain age age more slowly. So it's ah, not just right. an always seven thing. It's just like they hit a certain, they, they go quickly, they age mm. quickly at first, and then they slow down. So it's a, some some different. But he's in his you know, robust prime of his life. He is he's killing it. He's yeah. the best behaved dog I've ever sleeping. known. Or he's whatever. Very he's good dude. We were talking about right before we recorded that you would bring Earl to set every single day. And that is usually playing with fire. Mm -hmm. On a set where people need to be quiet at very specific times. Mm-hmm. He's a quiet dude. Dogs don't know about no red lights going off. No. They don't know about no, sound speed. No. Earl, sure. Earl never fucked up a take. Never fucked up a take. No. He was always really good, especially since like he does get a little anxious when I the 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 further the distance between me and him becomes. Sure. sure. Um because we're soulmates and so I would go to shoot and he would watch very attentively mm. and then someone like Carrie would like hold him on the great, her lap. The great Carrie Smith, the Michael Douglas's hairdresser. And this oh. is why I brought it up, yes. and this is why I did that. Yes. And anyway, and he would be quiet, and then when they would yell cut, and I would walk back to him. Yeah. He would he would, he would, would give me high fives and, and go and up give on you notes. He'd he would, give you a couple notes. Yeah. They, yeah. they were painful notes, yes. to be honest. Uh, he'd just right. sit there well, He's not afraid village, to, you know, lay hands it on, on. No, um, Carrie must have already been working with Douglas at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got great hair. Yeah, always has. Carrie Smith, who hair. is who is the head of the hair department on the Tick. Mm -hmm. Her two main guys she works with, and you'll find that most hair and makeup people at a certain height in the industry usually are like, I have like two or three stars who I always follow onto all of their projects, and then I will take gigs in between. And her two are Michael Douglas and Kiana. Now, two great heads of hair. That's, that's what Reeves. I was gonna that's say. That's Reeves, baby. Yeah. It's Reeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but just like some incredible hair work across decades on both of those guys. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and she has incredible material to work with. Yeah, she did with she did on the tick too. I don't know why you're like mm. Mm, mm. me. Yeah, sure. Why? Yes. Yeah. yeah, you had good hair on the tick. You had great hair. Chris' on the hair tick. mostly concealed. Did the helmet. Sometimes seen. Yeah. yeah. Tick's hair never seen. The tick himself. He's always in he's the, always it's, the it's he's his skin. He has no hair. No. Does he have no hair? Was it part Is of that the canon? Thing that <laughs> <laughs> he never has taken the suit off and is questioning. I have whether never it is a suit. thought of it, and now that you've forced me to, yeah. I'm upset. We've never seen yeah. his hair. No, no pubes. Warburton either. didn't. No pubes. No, he has tons of pubes. He talks. Oh, all he pubes. does have pubes. No, yeah. I don't know. He has um, head pubes. Um, no hair though <laughs> right right that's actually technically what's on his head yeah <laughs> Michael Douglas just a great head of hair yeah like great obviously the sort of like China syndrome Michael Douglas right like early mm -hmm. Michael Douglas he Oof. has this mane oh, it's yeah. absolutely incredible but even in this he's like you're like guys would kill for this hair like you know guys on the on the edge of 50 or whatever this yes. is what they want was walking into a Broadway show mm -hmm. a couple of months ago which one Good night, Oscar. David's ah, Sean Hayes. And it was action away on that piano. Recently. He really did. And it was the Give opening me that Tony night. Over so every great black actor in America. What? I didn't say anything. He did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He really did. <laughs> he sure did. Um, 
He said that during the performance? He says it every he night. Says it. And then they gave him the he's playing the piano. He's like, Wendell <laughs> Pierce, Stephen McKinley, Henderson, and both the top dog under the dog guys can eat my dust. I'm fucking Jack from Will and & Grace, and I'm doing a voice. The totally. most successful podcast in America. I keep kicking my head over it. He does Usually have, he the does David have that hot pod. I'm and sorry. he really can play the piano. Yes, right. Um, anyway, all the stars were there. Mm. Lucky Luciano. Uh <laughs> <laughs> David back from the dead. David D- Detweiler, whoever uh, that is, uh-huh. I don't know. Um, anyway, Douglas was in front of me when I was walking in, and by the way, oh. the hair, yeah, s- still got it, still got it. It's white as good mane. Is white as a as an eighth ball of cocaine, but it is good, looking good. But he He's, went, I feel he went right white at the correct moment. Correct. He picked his spot to go yes. white. He's how, got that Kaminsky money going how in there. How old I don't know. was he when filming this? He's a little. Picture. I think slightly older than his character. Yeah, I would so hope is... so because I am 47, you know, mm-hmm. 46 and a half. Go off. Go okay. off. Okay. Uh, he was 53 when okay. he made this. Yeah, he's, he's playing a 48. He's playing 48. 48. Right. He's yeah. saying he's going to turn 48. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. he did. He, he, he sells it. Well, yeah, but also I was going to say he did like his full movie star uh, ascension moment happened a little late for him. Uh, yeah, well, Because he sure. was producing. We right. did our He's romancing a... the stone episode. We talked about that a lot. Where he just really like he did what was it? Streets of San Francisco. He sure mm-hmm. did. And then but he, he was, was the the punk you know youngster on that yeah. one. Right. He, he was he was Carl producing Malden. a lot. He had a long period where he was just like I'm never going to be my father. Right. I'm never going to be that level of movie star. Better produce my own work and get bigger stars to play the bigger roles. Right. I mean that. the big one is Cougar's Nest, obviously. Yeah. Which right he basically fires his own dad from being in. Right. Uh, and then he is in Coma, a good yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Michael uh, Crichton. Yep. Directed uh, by Crichton. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one before of or after Looker. I think that's his first movie. Am I wrong? It is before. Looker is his fifth movie. Crichton directed. Crichton directed a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Looker Pursuit, is Westworld, shit. Coma. Yeah, his movies are. I think he's you guys a good do director. A Crichton. Great train robbery. You want to throw him the on only the problem with what? doing Crichton is it's like. Then how much do you want to expand your sort of, you know, other things right. to like all the adaptations as well? There's so many great well, that's a adaptations. Series. It's it's I think it's too long to be a Patreon we series. Pick. We cherry We'd pick. have to pick because. Yeah. All right, let me see if I can. And we we would not do Jurassic Park, or no. it's because like we can do those yeah. other times. Yes. It would be like Andromeda Strain. Mm-hmm. I think we would do the Terminal Man, George Seagal against uh, computers. You, oh, you, you I've never must, seen that. you yeah. must do Looker. Well, that's that's him directing, so we'll do that. But yeah, I'm that's trying a to proper, like, that's if main. We do a spin-off series that's adaptations of Crichton oh, right. books that he didn't direct. You do Rising Sun. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Mikey D, you do Disclosure. Mm-hmm. I forgot that's a Crichton. You do Congo. Yes, obviously. Bruce Campbell cameo. Yeah. You got to look at the Sphere. Mm-hmm. Got to check it out. Yeah. Right now, very sphere vibes to a lot of undersea business happening in the news. For sure. Uh, and then maybe you do the 13th Warrior and Timeline? Well, 13th Warrior, we'd save for McTiernan. Save that for McTiernan. Yeah. But do we have to do Timeline? I think you have to do I Timeline. I don't know the 13th Warrior, do It's I? sort of a one, famous flop. One of the most costly financial disasters in the history of studio filmmaking. Starring? Antonio Banderas. Heard of him. But it was like a movie that cost over $100 million 20 years ago and made like less than 10. Oh, God bless. Like disastrous. God bless. Yes. Yeah. People weren't ready for there to be a 13th warrior. They only no. wanted 12. 12 was the max. They, wanted a, they didn't want a baker's dozen. That was the ceiling. 
I guess because China Syndrome's a big movie, but he's the third lead in that. That's did, Lemon and Fonda. He did produce. He that. did produce that. Right. Um, That's what he would sort of do. He'd he be like, "I'll be one mm-hmm. of the guys in it." Yes. Right. And yeah. I think he really doesn't. His breakout is um, you know, romance. Romance. And the Stone. Yes. This yeah. brings up something that I did notice watching this movie, which mm-hmm. was this is one of the more sympathetic. Uh, semi-likable Michael Douglas yeah, but it's, leads. It's on that edge of that's, like, well, that's, he's just kind of an asshole. You know, that I looked yeah. it up and I think, I think the most likable he could, he ever achieved is the American president. And that's he's a very, a, he's a good very guy. Powerful, but, but very powerful person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, but he is, he is genuinely, genuinely, generally yeah. pretty unlikable. And yes. also no ass in this one. Oh, you don't mm, see it. Don't see the toast. And at no point, I think, does he don a sweater, no. he, which he, he loved to do. He he almost throws a woman up against a wall, mm-hmm. but doesn't quite. Doesn't quite do it. He definitely grabs her by yeah. the arm a few times. Yes. His daddy liked to do that a lot, too. Mm. Um, he handles cocaine. I was about he to does. say, though, but he doesn't take any. He's no. nearly he near any. cocaine. But he, oh, yeah. I mean, but, he you does know, hand- it's enough to just see no, him no, hold I mean, He touches cocaine. In the Douglas universe, you gotta touch the cocaine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just at least Let a little... Let me give you his asshole run. Or, you know, maybe some well, nice guys sprinkled in. Most of the 80s and the stuff. early 90s. We're gonna, yes. we're gonna recap. But we did our Romancing the Stone episode. That is the thing where he's producing and he's developing that script at some moment. He's like, should I just play the guy? He does not on paper totally make sense for that role. Certainly not what he had done up until that moment. And from that moment on... But he is hot. He is. So hot. But but he's also like, there's something so like seedy and yuppie mm-hmm. about him. And that's supposed to be this like, like it's, that's written to be like a Bruce Campbell role. Right. Uh-huh. But, I mean, I do think, right. He correctly identifies like, I can play this guy as kind of a straight scumbag and it'll totally. work. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, surprisingly, you've now finally found your movie star persona. Right. And then he just like kicks it into the next gear with this scumbag run well, where his star run. just multiplies. He wins an Oscar for playing a scumbag. Mm-hmm. And he's basically just like, this is what people want. I'll just be consistently the worst person in the world. Mm-hmm. And audiences love to watch me, like, get away with shit or be tortured. It's, Romancing the Stone. Yes. Jewel of the Nile. Mm-hmm. The sequel. This is the scum run? Yeah. Chorus line. He's in that. He's the scummy director. Right. Not scummy, but, you know, he's the mean director. It's, it's like a, it's a sort of a glorified cameo, right? right. It's a, mm-hmm. Right. I mean, well, it's all the girls, you know. Yeah. God, they hope they get it. I hope they get it. Fatal Attraction. Heard of it? Yeah. In which he is, of course, the sympathetic protagonist, but he's a scumbag. Total scumbag. Getting what he deserves, in a way. And that's the story, I I think. He's at a test screening for that, and one of the Paramount executives comes up to him and goes like, I I don't know how you do it. And he's like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just like, we will watch you cheat on your wife, and the next scene, the audience is like back in your court. Right. Like, right. well, is that just... because of uh, how they made close play it in a way that she was not comfortable playing? It yes, I think that's part of it. As I like to right now say, I think that's part of it. But he just had some weird power. Yes. It still does, but especially in this eighties, nineties around Douglas, where it's just like he kind of never loses the audience. It's even... super movie star shit. Yes. It's some yes. really dark movie star His dad energy. Had it too. His right. dad absolutely had it. Yeah. Both bad and the beautiful, ace yeah. in the hole. Absolutely. Like could be a such a piece of shit that you just like he's so goddamn compelling. Yes. That and and he's feral and fully committed mm-hmm. to every uh, to being as much of a scumbag Kirk as possible. Kirk Douglas is scary. Michael Douglas is more slimy. Mm-hmm. Yes. But they both, you know, uh, what's the Kirk Douglas line? I love it. Um 
uh, in Ace in the Hole. I've made a lot of hard-boiled eggs in my life, but you, you're 20 minutes. Hey. <laughs> Great Billy Wilder line. Okay, so, Fatal Attraction. Humongous. Wall hit. Street wins an Oscar. Yeah. Gordon Gecko. And uh, there's a quote, I think it was in the dossier that JJ put together, that he's like, that was the scummiest I had ever gone. Just, like, unrepentant, and I won an Oscar for it. <laughs> So you start to go, like, <laughs> I guess this is what I do now. Like, why, wouldn't, mean, why also, would I stop doing this? Fail Attraction Wall Street, they're the same year. He's, yeah. he's truly on top. And then Black Rain, uh, uh-huh. underrated Ridley Scott uh, movie. He's uh-huh. like a dark cop in that. He, like, I mean, he did, plays never looked cooler. Yeah. Plays never looked really cooler. Gun glasses. Yeah, yes. very coked up movie. Yes. War of the Roses, uh-huh. really good movie. Also very dark. Yeah. You a know. hit, too. A which hit. I, which yeah. I learned Like one of the from, top 10 hits of the year. I remember it so well as a kid, but didn't know it was a hit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something called Shining Through. That's no, Melanie the, Melanie G- yeah, Griffith. World War II drama. Okay, we're about that one. All right, Basic Instinct. Uh huh. The coke's back. The butt's yeah. back. The yeah. butt is back. Throwing women up against walls nonstop. <laughs> I mean, yeah. N- now you look at this and you're like, what? He was really an actor who took on really interesting projects. Like yeah. God bless. We don't get any of this anymore because then it's falling down. Mm-hmm. Just not my favorite movie, but it's a. That's a risky movie to make, it's you know, again, playing basically movie. an unsympathetic protagonist yes. who you're yes. going to be with. Mm-hmm. It's a really fucked up movie. It's a little fucked it's up. I've revisited it. R.I.P. Uh, Frederick Forrest, by the way. Yeah. Just died. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's um, it's a hard watch. Um, Disclosure, which is a bad movie, but was a huge hit. Humongous. In which, once again, he's like, what can I do? I'm getting sexually harassed by one of the hottest women alive. One of the top ten films Poor of that me. year. Huge hit. As well. Like, he's basically, he's a top ten box office star every year. Every year, Fatal the moms and dads want to go see Mikey Douglas yes. in an R-rated film. Horny yes. Michael Douglas, yep. dicking right. his he way through Shitsville. I, I think in our no, basic no, instinct. for sure. In basic instinct <laughs> episode. It in double it. I think I said he was America's dark id for the 90s. Right. Like, that's, but, he just was the embodiment of everything. I think bubbling. Disclosure is where it starts to, I think we see the, the, the decline on the charts. It curdles a yes. little. Uh, yeah. Uh, that because it was such a gross film mm-hmm. for so many reasons. But then the swerve, American president, an enduring cable classic, and mm-hmm. a hit at the time. He's nice. Look what he does. Single dad president. Yeah. He just wants to be in love. The and then he gives a big yeah. monologue. Classic Aaron Sorkin monologue, which is essentially, leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> hey, be nice. I'm nice. Uh, Ghost in the Darkness, kind of an underrated, fun, you know. Just forget uh, about that movie. Period hunter movie Him and Val? with Kilmer. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this year, the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next year, Perfect Murder, which mm-hmm. is not very good. Which, and similarly, they're trying to go for that vibe again. Shot in 3D or attempts at 3D no, because so it was dial in for, for murder was shot in the 3D. original. Yeah. Uh, this one, no, no, I think they tried a gimmick. Really, with this one. Let's. Uh, I'm not seeing any 3D mentioned here. Dial in for murder has 3D, like old fashioned. Incredible is 3D. 3D. Yeah. yeah, I think there is some sort of reference to 3D in this I think movie. You're just talking about Viggo Mortensen's handsomeness. It popped out at me. Yes, <laughs> it's three dimensional. It smooched me on the mouth in the theater. And then in 2000, bit of a comeback. Wonder Boys, uh, which he's wonderful. My in. favorite performance of him. And then Traffic, which is a huge fucking hit. Yeah. And he's sort of the more sympathetic version of, like, this kind of a guy. Right. Yeah. Similarly, like, in over his head, rich guy who doesn't get how the world works, right? You know, but, yeah. you know, more sympathetic because he's like, where's my daughter? Where's my, give me back my daughter, give me sort back of. my daughter. Give me you back. darn drugs. Drugs yeah. took my daughter. I will get them. Topher Grace. There, there are two great Fincher quotes on Douglas that J.J. dug up. Uh... Uh, one is, I like to subvert expectations. I hope the game is entertaining, but it's also a little purient. 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 
a little sadistic because you enjoy the suffering anxiety of the central character. You want to see him learn a lesson, and nobody embraces that quite as eagerly as Michael Douglas. Yes. He does have that weird balance where people like to watch him get away with shitty things, and they also like to watch him yes. learn a lesson, get his comeuppance, what have you. Uh, and then he said, the thing about Michael is that he gives you an interesting cachet because his name promises entertainment, but it also promises friction. He's incredibly successful in mainstream, and yet he stole the fascist from falling down, yes. the adulterer from fatal attraction. He allows himself to get into tough spots and then sort things out. Yeah, he usually he doesn't die, no. usually. Um, he does usually kind of get away with it. Mm-hmm. But he dies in falling down, right? That one he does, yes. Um, yeah, definitely. But, um, you know, largely I feel like it's like, much like in the game, it's kind of like he goes through hell and back, but then at the end he's kind of like, okay. Okay, okay, you know. Yeah. And Wall Street, he goes to jail. But then, of course, money never slept and out he came. Money never slept. It woke up. Um, You know, in the 2000s, he shifts, I feel like, into more daddy mode. He also starts working a lot less. Eh, I don't know. I mean, he did a few. Don't say a word. Don't say a word. She'll never tell. The Sentinel. It ran in the family. That's a disaster. Uh, You you mean all the Douglases. Uh, The in-laws. With um, right. the remake with uh, Albert Brooks. Alan Arkin, R.I.P. And uh, Ryan uh, Reynolds. Mm-hmm. The Sentinel, as you said, that's like a sort of CIA movie or something. Secret sort of, Service movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. You mean Dupree. But that then now he's really kind of in debt. You know, Ghost he's of Girlfriend's not, Past. He, yes. He's not on the poster anymore. Not so no, much. Right. I mean, Money Never Slept, and there he was right. back. Yes. Uh, Soderbergh likes to use him a lot. Uh, right. Puts him in Haywire. Yeah. Um, Puts him, obviously, in probably his best recent performance behind the candelabra. Yeah, that's, I, I guess, th- that is his best work ever, right? You think that's his best work ever? Might be. Kinda. It's a very you said good Wonder performance. Wonder Boys was your favorite. Wonder Boys is kind of a, a really, I that's a real love sort that of movie Mount Rushmore performance. performance. I find him so funny. R.I.P. Curtis Hansen. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, did throw Curtis on the bracket, too? Um, C.H.? Sure. Yeah. Um, but... It, it Candelabra, I watch like once a year. That's look, I really like that movie. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's so well acted. Him and yeah. Damer are incredible. Rob Lowe, hilarious. Yeah. I think it's interesting to watch it once a year. Are you sure about that? It <laughs> I is just pulled so my power cord out. bizarrely compelling. <laughs> it is. I love that movie. It's great. Yeah. It's an underrated film. Yeah. Scott. Have you seen Behind the Candelabra? Yeah, I loved it. I haven't seen it since Scott. the first time I saw it. Yeah, you're like 99% of America. Yeah, I yeah. in that regard. Wait, that was Soderbergh? It? Yep. Yeah. I totally that was forgot his that. retirement film. That oh, was his. I'm right. making one last it's a, one. It's he a, says it that every can, year. Yeah. You know. It was, but then it, HBO just you know right. put it on HBO. They wouldn't put I mean, theirs. Also, just go back real quick. Haywire. This is a fucking great. Movie. Haywire rocks. I every one note. I don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, it makes no sense to me. That's. But I don't care. Pop, I yeah. like it because it doesn't try to fucking explain anything. Right. Things just happen, and the things that happen are good and cool. And yeah, I like Haywire. Yeah. Haywire, is, Haywire is fun. Who does he play in Haywire? He's like the what's, first what's his role? guy. Okay. I think. Like, he's, right? He's 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 the early first guy in the is film. Ch- Channing Tatum. I guess, right. yeah. That's he's the, the second big... guy. He, okay. he, like, gives her the assignment, maybe. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's I like a CIA Paxton's boss. Paxton's her dad. Paxton's her dad. Yeah. yeah. Douglas is, like, the guy standing next to the big private plane in the airport hangar kind of uh, scene. And then, sure. you know, Fassbender has the biggest fight, and then right. Mc- Ewan McGregor is surprisingly the final boss. Yes. And you're mm-hmm. like, I would have swapped these. And Banderas turns out to kind of be mastermind Oh, I forgot you about got me Banderas. There. Uh, you, I you, remember him having a big 
bushy beard. He's in it. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Antonio Banderas, one of my favorite actors, literally one of my favorite actors mm-hmm. of all time, mm-hmm. one of my favorite working actors, but no one is more ready to just be in a movie. Yeah. Like, it's like, how's the role? Bad. (laughs) I think I'll do it anyway. You know, like... Right. And he doesn't phone it in, but he's also not adding anything to it. He clearly is just kind of like, oh, this is three scenes. Fine. Right. You get three scenes of Antonio. Like, you see him pop up in the Uncharted trailer, and you're like, is he secretly going to rule in this? You're like, absolutely not. No. He's Uh, just going to show up and and hit the marks and collect his check. And bring the energy. Yeah. He, he's got the best energy, and he has a yeah. very similar role in Indiana Jones, yeah. where he shows up and you're like, are we with Antonio for the last act of this? Yeah. And then he's like, gotta go. And you're like, all right, <laughs> fine. You know, and then he probably was just like, I'll work with Spielberg. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I'll do a scene. But it's not Spielberg. It's not even fucking Spielberg. You're right. I'll work with Mangold, though. Yeah. I'd work with Mangold. Yeah. I'd do it. De Palma put in a good word for him. I'd write the three times. Fatale, yeah. probably. All um, the glitters is Mangold. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's a, it's a sterling career, mm-hmm. Michael Douglas. Uh, I would say, and this is sort of right. I mean, he's he's pretty this is pretty much the tail end of his peak peak. Yes, yes, right. Yeah, it's big movie. Yes, big movie budget. What's the budget? Sixty, seventy Whoa. million dollars. That is massive. Wild for twenty five years. Ago. The reason for that is mm-hmm. twofold. One, Michael Douglas is is a is a big star, still. big titty star. He's a big titted star, according yes, to Griffin. That giant rack. Two, Seven was a gigantic hit. Right. And Seven Humongous. doing so well, despite being yes. rated R and having spiky dildos and yeah. heads in boxes, mm-hmm. I think convinced um, people like, okay, like you can make an R-rated His movie a hit. Uh, this is also, of course, a film that was distributed by mm-hmm. Polygram. We can talk about this. Uh, who were not, you know, a studio. No, this was basically... Th- their main attempt at becoming a blockbuster distributor themselves. So I think they probably were kind of like, look, whatever it costs, like we want this project. We need a marquee statement. Look at who we're attracting. Big director, big star. And that's like uh, Michael Douglas uh, was very hesitant to do the movie only for that reason. You introduced Brendan, right? Yeah, Brendan Hines is here. I would Getting love anxious. another introduction. From, He's back. If we're handing them out. <laughs> from? The Tick. From yes. MacGyver. From <laughs> Lie to Me. From Ooh. Lock and Key. What's Roth like? Uh, you can answer off mic. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> what episode were you on previously? What was the series? Um, we were Crime doing? Wave. Crime, Crime Wave. Rainy. 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 Yeah. Um, okay. That was a fun movie. Was yeah, it? Boink. <laughs> yeah, that's a ben, stuff. Ben loved it. Ben Absolutely ruled. Yeah. yeah, that's good. If I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, right, big budget. Let big me tell you, titty budget. Well, and big, it's also big old Fincher's budget. at this point okay. where he's okay. like, Fincher's been doing the most expensive commercial music video shoots, sure. right? Sure. And then like Alien Three is a lot of money, mm-hmm. but they don't give him a lot of control. Seventy's got more control, but less money. Sure. I think now he's finally like, great, I will do everything exactly the way I want to. Right. And from this movie on, he starts to become a little more like, I will budget myself. I know which things I need to spend the money on and which things, which areas I can save money. You, you don't want the rep of, no. oh, that guy's always over budget. Oh, right. he's always too expensive, blah, blah, blah. Does no. he have full control of this film? He, I believe, does. We can talk Is about it. I think he has final cut on pretty much anything he But makes. it's just wild. The only other Fincher episode we've recorded at this point is Panic Room. Yeah. And it is wild that five years later, Panic Room costs 48. Uh, yeah. Right. So this is 70. Yep. One, 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 essentially one location. Yeah. But even still, that's like a very intensely it, it, constructed it, it, film. It's a complicated film. But yes, yes, I think the game is more right. You're shooting 
constant night shoots in San Francisco. It's a big old production. It's also yeah. just very expensive to depict the ludicrously rich. It is. You it gotta, is you a thing that up. doesn't get discussed. It's the rent it's these the, mansions. It's the succession uh, yeah. of it all, yeah. right. which starts off. Did I press the wrong button? Yep. Am I watching Succession right now? This movie truly does start. Succession ripped it right off. Right off. The, uh, you know, the sort of Super 8 footage, yeah. the yes. memories. Uh, now, David. Uh, depressed looking children, just yes. Just because I want to make sure I don't forget this. I'm watching the opening of the story. I know we'll, we'll talk more about the development of this, but I just want to make sure now that Brennan's brought up the no, opening, no, no, go ahead. the home videos, that I don't forget this. You're watching this Succession-y, like 8 millimeter home video footage. Haunted sort of father with a tight smile. 60s, yeah. A very stern-looking child in a little blazer. And I'm like, huh, that guy playing the dad looks so much like the name I'm about to pull out. I, I think I know the name I'm you're about to pull out. going to make a joke about how much he looks like this guy. And then did you two realize it is, in fact, that guy? So I initially thought it was... At, well, first I had the thought of, like, wait, is this Kirk Douglas? No, it's not, that doesn't look like no. Kirk Douglas. No. Douglas. Yeah. yeah. Then it kind of looked like another, and now I can't even remember Do the name. Do you know who it is? It, I know who it is. I know who it is. Can we blow and you can reveal it. The minds of Ben. I, f- first, and first, let me say this. I yeah. thought briefly it looked like George C. Scott. Oh, sure. Kind of looks like George C. Scott. Which would make sense. Right. You know, that he's he's like uncredited George C. Scott sprinkled in. But it is yeah. not George C. Scott. It is not. You can say the name. And I was like, how funny that it looks this much like that guy who, of course, David Fincher would never cast in this role. How would he have ended up in this movie? And then I realized it is, in fact, Charles Martinet, voice of Mario. Let's go oh, himself. My what? God. Who's, yes. His entire life now. And he's it's just being Mario. He's pretty, he's like in his late 60s. Right. He's kind of, now he has kind of like long white hair and he's yes. goofy and he's always on a red carpet like going a, like, yeah. it's a me, you know. He's now like a, he has just a dartboard with Chris Pratt's face in the middle yeah, of it. Yeah, well, what, well, what, well, yep. They uh, well, the, look. He the, did a lot of voices in that movie, at least. So he's, yeah, he's getting residual. Yeah, they gave him a very kind cameo where he talks like classic Mario, and the characters basically they go shit all over yeah, it. How fucking annoying would that be for an entire movie? Uh-huh. Uh huh. But incredibly bizarre that this is him. Uh, very surprising. Him. I know. I looked up who it was because I thought it might be George C. Scott. I thought it was. I thought it was Charles Martinet. And I was like, "Who's this Charles Martinet looking motherfucker?" <laughs> so he had been doing Mario at that point for ten years. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Wow. Had he? Yeah. Well, in the 90s? Because Mario doesn't really speak until around now. I watched a long video with him recently where he recounted his sort of like Mario journey. And Yeah. He, his he, first Mario credit? Yeah. Mario teaches, teaches typing. typing. Right. That's when we talk. But he... Let's go. 94? <laughs> he started working... I Mar- Mario taught typing. He taught typing in 1994. Yeah. Oh. You know, he was trying to make ends meet. <laughs> like Vegas, like tech conventions... Right. Nintendo wanted to show off tech they were playing with, so they had a thing where there was a digital Mario on a screen. Right, right. People would come up and talk to him, and he would be live responding to them. And the bit was, oh, his mouth flaps in real time. You know, not like very complicated. No, I get it, but he was doing a voice. But that's how he got hired onto Mario. I think he was doing like comedy and voices and shit like that. He got hired to be a Las Vegas convention guy, Big and fans. then was their live Mario guy. And then started teaching typing. But wow. so, yeah, he's he's Mario. So is okay. this how this he got rich enough to buy that massive mansion and that was actually a disaffected child? Right. That was actually, right, his uh, his rider. It's right off to of... To buy me this real mansion yeah. in the San Francisco outskirts. It's right off of Rainbow Road. Um, right, exactly. Okay. 
David Fincher, post seven. Mm-hmm. This is where we're at. Mm-hmm. He wants to make a film called The Sky is Falling. It sounds wild. Uh, film, science, sci-fi action thriller written by Howard Roth and Eric Singer. Um, uh, Gore Verbinski later tries to take it up uh, and fails to launch it as well. Um, p- two clerics on an archaeological dig discover proof that God is actually dead. Mm-hmm. Cool. God's Good start. Body. Cool. Yep. Uh, pro- propelled by their new nihilism and loss of faith, they become target to the world's then overarching religious organization who hires a terminally ill hitman to track them down after they embark on a drug-induced murder and robbery spree. Why didn't Hollywood want to make this? Sounds very It fintry. doesn't touch any hot buttons. No. <laughs> Uh, he also tried to make a movie called The Crowded Room. Which is what ends up being the Tom Holland show. Which has been turned into a Tom Holland show like 30 years later. Multiple personality projects. The, Brad Pitt was interesting. The Milligan... What was the the real guy's name? Uh, uh, Billy Milligan. Yes. yes. This is yeah. based on a book? Yes. Based it's, on a based nonfiction on a, novel. Yes. Based on a real means. incident. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Joel Schumacher was also, was first trying to make it, I think, with yeah. Pitt. Right. And then he kicks it to Fincher. That didn't match up. Yeah. Whatever. It, this, then it you, lingers for many years. Wait, the ge- not the game, the Crowded Room you're talking Crowded about? Crowded Room. Because the game feels very... Joel Schumacher it to me. Does. Oh, there is a very, very trashy version of this movie that like pretty much almost existed because yeah. uh, it was written on spec by these guys, John Brancato and Michael Ferris, who have many credits to their name, uh-huh. pretty much all of them bad. Wrote no the, offense wrote the net, didn't they? they or at least the one net. of them. And this movie is like, the net is like, a you know, I, God, I kind of love the net. Yeah. It's silly fun, but uh-huh. it's the bad version of this, yep. yes. right? You know, like, yeah. they also wrote, uh, I mean... A bunch of total nonsense. You know, Into the Sun, sure. Blood Fist Two, but, but, but they also uh, wrote Terminator Three and yeah. Terminator Salvation. Right, wild, and a little yeah. film called Terminator Genesis. No, oh, <laughs> Catwoman. Oh, wow. Uh, I was gonna say Eight Millimeter does feel like Schumacher doing Fincher. Eight Millimeter is Schumacher ripping off Seven. Yes. Yes. Uh, right. And 8mm, in my opinion, is kind of a fun watch. I like 8mm. And the, the Cage performance is pretty fun, and Joaquin is amazing in it. Yeah. But it is fundamentally not a serious movie. You know, at the end oh. of the day, you're like, this is bullshit. A deeply like, unserious. Yes, right. What is the uh, George C. Scott movie? That hardcore. hardcore. That right, right, right. Yeah. right. Oh, my that God, that's d- my daughter. Directly ripping, right. ripping off. It's yes. ripping off hardcore in the style of Seven. Right. And uh-huh. sort of 90s, yeah. Nine Inch Nails-y kind of oh, like. Yes. And is that Andrew Kevin Walker? Uh, yes. Yes, right. So, the game, that these guys write it on spec, mm-hmm. um, goes to MGM, mm-hmm. Jonathan Mostow. He of Terminator 3 Rise of the exactly, Machines. Uh, is attached to direct. Kyle MacLachlan and Bridget Fonda are brought on board to star. It just sounds like a VHS classic. It does. Right? It just sounds yes. like a silly movie. It sounds like a Ben's choice. Right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so, um, you know, it's kind of, you know, that's circling. All right, so Polygram, mm-hmm. who are a record label. Yeah. A Dutch record label. The Dutch. Mm-hmm. They invest in something called Propaganda Films, David Fincher's music video company. Yes, along with uh, Dominic Senna. Oh, Swordfish. Yes, and a couple other people. But they were... I'm sure we'll talk about there, that. There was the stat that at their peak, Propaganda was responsible for one-third of all music videos being directed for major labels. The other names, they were just Steve the, Golan, like, you know, like guys yeah. are less fit, but yeah. But yeah. the, the kind of tastemaker, pioneer, top of the heap. Uh, they eventually bought Propaganda outright. Okay. Um, and they have this script 
Uh, I think they had bought it off of MGM, mm-hmm. and they show it to Fincher, mm-hmm. and they're like, "It's called the game." And Fincher's like, "Oh, is it like a most dangerous game kind of thing?" Right. Like, don't you know, want that. Game don't Hunter for sport. Uh, and then he reads it, and is like, "Hmm, I like this." First, we can think about how rich this guy is, mm-hmm. which will interest me, right? Yep. Like delving into that kind of sphere. Uh, and then you go into the Kafka esque, you know, why are they doing this to me, and what does it all mean? Uh, he says, this is not a movie about real life. It's a movie about movies. They're putting this guy in a movie, but he doesn't know how to act like a movie star. So he's just running around and flipping out. Yeah. (laughs) And grabbing people and being like, what is going on? (laughs) Um, And so he brings in, I think, Andrew Kevin Walker, Uh the writer of Seven, and is like, do a pass. Fix this. The the big thing I kept reading him say about this movie is that, you know, he... loves torturing his audience, right? But usually he does that by really following the rules of whatever genre he's playing in and then pushing things harder than most directors would, right? Or going deeper, more detailed, whatever. And he was like, this is a movie that, like, kind of says fuck you to the audience. That gives you, like, nothing to hold on to. Hmm. It's like, Pink Room we get to later, he's like, that's my experiment making a movie where you're in perfect lockstep. The audience is right there with you. They understand every single move every inch of the environment. And this is a movie where he's like, I'm making sure you have no idea what anything is at any point in time. It's all about the dispensing of information selectively when I want it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. he's in charge. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I mean, look, Michael Douglas isn't what is going on. Yeah. Is it the game? I would argue that I, my beef with this movie is that I never feel like I am being um, gamed. This I never is... feel like there is never a moment where I'm thinking, oh, this is real. This is really happening. It is my exact problem with this movie because as well. It, it sets up, the, you're already set up in the world where it's like, oh, is this real? Is this fake? Is it? No, this is the game. This is yeah. the game. This is the game. Oh, it's a game. It's a game. It's a game. And you're just thinking, well, now they're shooting him with submachine guns whatever they're fucking called. Uh, so like, what, I was about to gun explain yeah, in there. So, so what, like, I'm just thinking like, oh, they went in there, I set up all these squibs. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I'm thinking the entire time is, um, CRS has a lot of money. They're very, this is a very expensive well, well game. Funded. Very well funded. You're impressed. Yeah. You want I'm to buy stocks, they maybe? Have a great, yeah, they have a great, um, they have a, a, just this great ensemble of character actors. They who, really do. Incredible, incredible stock players. <laughs> all stock players who yeah. just hang out in the, uh, in, in the Mark, commissary. Mark Boone Jr., that guy <laughs> yeah. was Mark really. Mark Boone Jr., Tommy Flanagan. Days of Heaven. Yeah, yeah. Days of Heaven. Yeah. And, you, and you don't even, Spike she only Jones? says one thing. Yeah, Spike, Spike Jones. Jones. Well, I think he's a real EMT. He's not Is one he? of the players, right? You're going to need a real EMT when EMT when he jumps off a building. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's post-building. Yeah, because I guess he's the one going like, clear the breakaway glass. But I do think, Ben and I were talking I about have this. My, oh, you conspired what? together before we had you dinner. got in here. We shut it down after a couple of minutes. We realized we were getting too said, Save it for close. the mic. Save it for the so mic. So mad. No, no, no. I have a comeback for you guys. No, no that's fine. Later. I, and look, the, this is less against the movie and more about the way this movie is talked about, but I feel like people cite this as like one of those great twist-ending movies. And I'm like... The twist is the movie does the exact thing it tells you it's going to do at the beginning, which I don't think is fundamentally a problem, but that's a that doesn't make it a, a twist. Well, I don't know who's calling it a twist. Who's calling? Who's out here calling it a know, twist? Fucking screen rant or some yeah, shit. Leave leave them out of this. Okay. They don't know anything. What do they know? What do they know? Movie poop shoot. Well, they're really smart. We yeah. need to let them in on the conversation. Sure. What's your retort, David? No, I, I'm going to get to that. I want to give you a little more uh, pre-pro Fine. and you know. Um, 
he was going to make this before seven. Yes. But then Brad Pitt's like, I want to make seven. And so seven like happens, right? Yes. You know, like that's the power of Pitt. And then seven's such a big hit. He's like, this is better for me because now I can make this movie at an absurd budget. I'm going to get more budget. He gets in and he gets AKW in there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, can you make this guy more of a sort of cynical bastard? We, we need to work on the protagonist. Like it, he needs to have more of a thing. This is the thing I like most about this movie. Yes. And it finally clicked for me reading a bunch of these Fincher quotes. That he's like, it's a Christmas carol. He's Scrooge. He's not what you think Michael Douglas is when he's playing a master of the universe who's yes. in a boardroom, which is yes. Gordon Gecko. Right. He is Scrooge. He's like cut, he's walled himself off from the world. Yes. Partly because of this horrible thing that happened to him. Uh-huh. And partly because capitalism. Mm-hmm. But much like Scrooge, and unlike most Michael Douglas characters of this era, he is not enjoying his life at the beginning. No. This guy no. is fucking Scrooge miserable. He is, but I think, well, is Scrooge, Scrooge doesn't really enjoy it. He's, no, Scrooge he's kind of a, a grump. Yes. <laughs> a, a humbug. Mind yes. Like. But like, Scrooge is like, actively like, you know, snarling at children in the street, right? Like, he's a real asshole. This guy, I feel like, if you pointed a gun at him, He'd be like, what do you mean? I have a great life. Like, look at my nice house, right? Yeah, but but he's, he, he's dead to the world. He's very, believe like, yeah. it. And he no, doesn't you wouldn't believe it. quite Scrooge snarl. But I caught the moment when he goes into the CRS office for the first time and the woman's on the phone and he just starts talking. Yeah, he's got a And rich, she holds up so, her finger. I'll just do my retort now. Yes, yeah, she holds it. And he's just so miffed that And she's he walks done that. away and he's yes. just like, how dare you not drop everything? I'm talking right now. So you guys are complaining. I'll just get this out now. Okay. The game is happening to him. And of course we know it's the game. The movie's called The Game. He's right. been told the game will happen. Right. And then a bunch of crazy Crazy shit happens. Right. That's the game. And then he keeps on thinking that was the game up until now, but now it's right. stopped. Which is being how the they're game. fucking with him. Of obviously. course. And it's a good yes. bit. Yeah. And we should salute them and maybe put them in the bit hall of fame for all the fucking points. bits they're doing in yeah. this. I mean, it's a solid. <laughs> it's network. like bits on yeah. bits. Yeah. Yes. You know? Yeah. But he is so completely, mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. divorced from how reality works because he's so rich that he cannot perceive huh. reality at any point in this movie. Everyone to him is a little ant who is just there to serve him because right. that is how his life is constructed. And so when life he starts, thinks of everyone else as a character actor, it's like she's a waitress. Right. Everything she's doing is bizarre, but he's probably just like, oh, well, she's just some Dickensian fucking urchin because he doesn't have any conception of how real people behave because he never interacts with them. It, he doesn't have any friends. Mm-hmm. He's at the fucking country club and these two guys are just like, ah, the game, it's good. And he's just like, well, they must know what they're talking about because they, they're rich and here. Right. Like, initially, you're like, oh, those, he must know those people. And then you see them at the end. No, he says to the guy, he's like, like I don't any know you. new right. members? Right, 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 right. right. Exactly. You know, it's like he's, but he's just like... That's what I love that this movie is basically shaking him out of sure the surreality of being a well, millionaire. Yes, yes, no, the Christmas Carol aspect Total, right, of right. it. it I, it's a wonderful yeah. life. It's Kafka's It's a Wonderful Life. That's my letterbox review. Okay. It's so fucking good. If it's like, what if the trial happened? Uh-huh. But then at the end of the trial, it was like, see, you do have friends. And, he, and the guy was like, oh, that's what this was all about. Whereas obviously in the trial it's just like no this you know you can never escape the state you know like, sure but but right if there was like a door at the end of the trial and at the end it's just his brother giving him a hug being like welcome back to reality like you yeah. haven't been here with me yeah but now you're here well, I mean what it, it's the thing Penn says at the end of like I didn't know any other way to stop you from becoming a total asshole right. or something like that or, right. or becoming our dad cut right? him off and at the because that's the whole right. thing it's one where, or the other when he talks to Ilsa yes. his beloved Ilsa who's totally in on it yeah. 
uh, about his dad. And she's like, you've never asked me about him. And you're like, yeah. that's psychotic. You know, one. Yeah. And two, she's like, you know, you just wouldn't even know he was in a room. And you're like, that's this guy's vibe. Unless he's being like a corporate asshole and mm-hmm. yelling, he just he has no personality. Yeah. He he does feel uh, dead inside. And like he feels like one of those, like, well, he threw himself off the building at 50. Why? Mm. Yeah, I mean, he had a mansion. He, he should have been happy. Did he seem right, sad? Know. I don't know. He never talked about yeah, he anything had no personality. Ever. Right. Right. So it's just such a good, like, 90s fable of, like, ah, oh, I love pre-9-11 movies like this so much. Where yeah. it's like, what's the matter with this guy? He's too rich. And I'm like, I'm sympathetic. In a way, right? You know, the, 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 the curse of capitalism. It's reached this peak. Yeah, I like that. Uh, interpretation of it, and I and I had a similar <laughs> I had a similar one, but I kind of also was my my response to it is sort of like yeah, so what? Like it, it, it's sort of like a massive intervention therapy session right, for, for this guy, an to evil like, millionaire. Yeah, thank God this guy feels better about himself now. He doesn't know how to change a fucking tire. Him and right. Sean Penn, neither of them know right. how to right. change a tire in the middle of the film at the, when the stakes are almost at not Which quite a good, at their highest. A good bit. They, it's a great they wouldn't bit. know how to do yeah. it. Right. It's a great bit, but but ultimately at the end it feels vi- it's very shruggy to me. It's very just uh, right. It's I mean, very just like oh he's going to be rich people. He's going to be fine, and right. he may have found. A love. A little happiness. Maybe he'll go to he'll uh, go, Mexico? Where are they going? Or to yeah. the airport to have coffee with her. Because now going, he's, he's, he's a man of Australia? The, Australia. It's somewhere yeah. far. Yes. He's a man, yes. of, the he's a man of the people now. Right. Did you guys watch the alternate ending? Uh, no. Oh, I, I have watched it in the past. I have yeah. the, the criterion. Um, what is the... Because well, I was reading... We're, we're jumping way ahead here, right? Yeah, but we, like, are, we are. We at, are. At the end of the movie, the moment... The only moment... I'm just remembering the first time I saw this film, which is probably on DVD like 15 years ago. Oh, you... That's the first time you've seen it. Yes. Right. I hadn't seen it since. Um, the only moment, and I watched it with my, my friend, my roommate at the time, who was like, you haven't seen the fucking game, threw on the DVD immediately and was like, you won't believe this fucking ending. Right. Sure. And I was just like, the ending better not be the game was happening the whole time. Cause I can predict that. I believe that. So this, this is your twist ending villain here. Perhaps right. a little bit, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. just feel like it's always on amazing twist ending listicles and bullshit. Um, I hate to break this to you, but there's lazy writing on the internet. Yeah, yes. Uh, the moment at the end of the film, when the door, he fires the gun, Deborah Kerr Unger is like, fuck, wait, no, he got a real gun. And right. she's like, actually shut it down. Right. Uh, truly now, you fucked up. We've lost control for the first time. He shoots Sean Penn. That is the only moment watching it the first time where I actually consider for the first time, oh, is it maybe he's gone one step too far? Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, right. It, will this be the cruel twist of fate that it right. was the game the whole time until right at the end he actually And then, of course, it, that right? is undone within uh, uh, 30 seconds. It feels to so. me like that was meant to be the original ending. Yes. And then you get the big drop and the cushiony pillow. So, at, you know. what I had read was that the original Studio ending note. was the same thing, but he shoots Deborah Kara Unger. Right, and then kills himself. Yes. Does the same, throws himself yes. off the building. And David Fincher was like, he would not feel remorse Right. A guy Enough. like this to kill right. himself when he knows that's the thing he's been trying to avoid in his life for shooting someone who's fucking tricked him to this degree. His brother, he would feel that cursed by, Right. So then I see on the DVD, on the Criterion disc... Alternate ending, so you're like, is this So I'm the like, Debra oh, Kerr this has Unger, to be the right? Derek Carey Unger cut. No, 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 the alternate ending is just a minute. It is one take. It starts with the clapboard. It ends with Fincher saying cut. It's one shot. And it is just clearly what happens right after Sean Penn says, I think I saw her get in a cab. Uh, right. 
Michael Douglas walks out of the building. He looks both ways. She's gone. She's gone. But, I mean, we're not seeing the reverse shot of this, right? So you just assume from his face that she's gone. And the doorman at the building says, you want me to hail you a cab? And he goes, no, I'm fine. And he walks off. Right. Oof. It's a slightly more bummery ending of, like, will he actually have the whatever, some future happiness? But I do think it's weird that both of those endings hinge on at the end of the day it was about Deborah Kerr Hey, man. Who I like a 90s lot. queen. We love her. Right? Yeah. Is there anything else we have to say in development before we just dig into this movie proper? Mm, uh, let's see. You know, Fincher says the original script was a little sweeter. You know, it wasn't quite as mean. He wanted to make it harder-edged. Mm-hmm. He wanted to... Sadistic. I mean, it's David Fincher. Yeah. Uh, so, you that know... That quote of his that goes around all the time that, like, my main life philosophy is that all people are perverts. Uh, sure. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, oh, well, the, no, of course, the other thing we have to mention. Uh-huh. Uh, initially, the um, brother character was oh, just a friend. Yeah. Yes. Fincher's like, no, it needs to be, like, a brother. And then Jodie Foster wants to be in the film... Playing the Deborah Kara Unger role. Obviously, that's the yes. female lead of the movie. Fincher doesn't want her for that. Fincher thinks she's too distracting. Wisely yes. is like, if the waitress shows up in the movie and, and she's played by a two-time Oscar right. winner who mm-hmm. has been famous for 30 years, it's going to destabilize the film. But she really wants to do it. Right. This film in particular, she just wants to work with Fincher. This she film in wants particular. to work with Fincher as well, yes. right? But yes. Right. Panic Room ends up happening because of how badly she still wanted to work with Fincher. But she was really into this script. Uh-huh. And I also think her production company has a deal with Polygram Correct. at this point. There, there is a lawsuit eventually over this right. fact. But it also seems like she probably, uh, uh, maybe Floor Plum, any of the films that she was trying to direct were maybe being set up at Polygram at this point in time. So she's in their stable. She wants to do this film specifically. He says you can't play the ra- waitress. She says, well, what if it's a sister instead of a brother? They rewrite it to have it be her. Then Fincher's like, maybe you'll be his daughter because you are 20 years younger than Michael Douglas. They had played father and daughter in a movie before when she was very young. Right, And it's like, you can be father-daughter, can be the daughter that he neglected comes back into his life. And Douglas hated that. He's like, I don't want to play her dad. That makes me feel old. Right, that was the thing. So then he was like, she has to be my sister. And then she was like, well, we're 20 years apart. So basically, Foster wanted to be daughter. He wanted to be sister. And it was like, this is incompatible. Right. Uh, He's worried he won't. If I play Jodie Foster's dad and Jodie Foster is in her own right an adult movie star, right. I my leading man romantic lead run is done immediately. Totally. Like the line is getting drawn under me. I, right. I understand, Mike. Yes. Um, she's making contact. That goes over schedule. Mm-hmm. That's why she's eventually written out of the movie. She then filed a huge lawsuit saying she was supposed to be in it. They settled. I don't know. You know who knows what happened there. When they switch back to brother, the first choice is Jeff Bridges. Who... He's got the hair. He's got that Douglas hair. Yeah. He's got the swoosh. But I weirdly buy Penn, Penn and so Douglas perfect for this. as brothers in They're a way. similarly squirrely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is... I, and slimy. Yes. Yeah. 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 And look, Penn is not my favorite guy. He is obviously a very capable actor at times, but he can do way too fucking much. He can, um, but I really like Penn in the 90s in this kind of mode, like Carlito's Way. Carlito's Way way roles. Uh, You know, U-turn, you know, where it's like, ooh, this guy's a mess. This Carlito's Way has a live wire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This and Carlito's Way have the same thing where it's like legendary movie star right above the title. Right, and then Penn's like hanging out over here. And then Penn's just underneath it. (laughs) Hello. 
Right. So it's not two stars Four above scenes. the title, but he's not the and either. There's no one else on the poster. He's just right underneath it. But he just, it, it is really impressive how well within that first lunch scene he is able to convey an entire history, an entire relationship, everything yeah. about this guy. Um, And I think Penn famously can be kind of a pain in the ass. Sean Penn? Uh-huh. Um, but Combative? he got, yeah, but he got along really well Not with Fincher. Nice. Loves cocaine? Yeah. Uh, what? Um, partly, I think, prob- because this is a, a, you know, in terms of screen time, a small role. Yeah. And it's probably just kind of like, you know, come in and have fun for three scenes, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm get- he was probably paid several million dollars to do just three scenes. I mean, who is fourth build in this film? Who is fourth build? James Reborn. Yeah, right. Great. Perfect. It's really, truly like those three leads and then a ton of, you know, small character yeah. actory guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, now the game. Mm-hmm. You wanted to kick off the game. You wanted to play. You wanted to roll yeah, the look, dice. I bet James Rebhorn, or Rebhorn, however you say his name. I say Rebhorn. Rebhorn. I bet Rebhorn. I bet he bought a house from the residuals from this movie. Probably. J.R.? Yeah. I love J.R. He, he left us, I oh know it was a while ago. I'm always saying he died recently and he didn't. About 10 years ago? Yeah. He just was the one who wrote the really nice obituary for himself or whatever. Yes. Have you ever read that, Brendan? He did? It's really nice. He wrote his own obituary because no. I think he had a terminal illness. Uh, yes. Spread he did. out over a couple oh of years. And they published his obituary this. and it, it, is, it is beyond It's a very pushing. sweet. You can, I'm not going to read from it right now. It's too long. But it's very sweet if you want to look it up. I will. Yes. And also. I always like that guy. I mean, Deborah Carr Unger, 90s queen, uh-huh. in my opinion. Yeah. James Rebhorn, kind of a 90s queen. Obviously, he worked well on from the 90s. Sure. But like what he's just like the number one guy in the nineties to be like a reedy asshole or like like a DA or Mr. Something. President, you can't do that, or you're in I a just, lot of trouble, or I you know, a lot love, of that. He's one of those character actors I love. Where he's it's in like, fucking Carlito's way. Yeah. Yeah. He's so specific, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah, he's got a specific kind of face and shape, energy, voice, skull. all yeah. of that. He does not transform himself. No. But he could be applied in such radically different ways. He's in damn blank check. He's in he damn is in blank, blank check. check. That's right. But you know what I'm saying? Everyone's he can play high status. He can play low status. He's fourth he can, build in blank check. He can be the butt of the joke. <laughs> he can be the most intimidating guy you've ever seen. He can be absolute middle of the road functionary. Mm-hmm. He can be a friend. He can be, you know, a total villain. Uh, he's yeah. so good. So good. Um, and uh, and very, very crucial, I think, to this early part of the movie where he's doing the tests where you're like, because you're like, I would never do this. Right. You know, the second I get there and they're like, do all this shit, I would be like, this is a lot of hassle. The second I get there and I see what a little rinky-dink operation it is, yeah. which is what they're trying to convey, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like Douglas is out. He, but you know? he's so bored. Yeah. yeah. Like, he won't admit it to himself, right? But he is intrigued at the idea of something, right? Because he's just gotten... He goes home... That motherfucker goes home and watches the news. Mm-hmm. Like, that's his, like... Nighttime. That's like the worst show on television. <laughs> Especially, I'm sorry. No offense to this fucking anchor, yeah. uh, Daniel Shore. Sure. But the worst new, he's that. like, mm, yeah, people are depressed all the time. Like everything he's reading is yeah. this sort of very 90s kind of like, a new survey showed that 10 out of 10 people think the world is bad. This OJ guy still to, not guilty. Isn't it like market news? Yeah. Like financial this guy news. used to come on, like, I think when, when my dad would pick me up from high school mm-hmm. at like the, the worst possible time, like to drive. Drive home five 
5.30 or 5.45. Busy. The devil's hour. Yeah. And it's like the the NPR, he'd be listening to NPR and this fucker would come on. He would literally be this guy? Oh, yeah. Or this type of guy. Because he was an NPR guy. Daniel Shore. Right. Yeah. And and he would. He would talk about the markets and he would talk about, you know... I always equated him with someone like William Bennett, who then mm. who then sort of started to like scold people on their fucking behavior, and then it turned out that he was an absolute crook. Oh yeah, well and he's a gambling he, addict. He's a classic uh, '90s hypocrite, yeah, or what '80s Bennett? hypocrite, yeah, William yeah. Bennett, yeah. the golden age of hypocrites, wasn't totally. it? Totally, yeah, the all 90s. those. But it was, you know, it was good old fashioned hypocrisy. <laughs> yes, they told us not to be bad for whatever in whatever way, and then right. they would have. An affair. Yes. It was normal. And then they, they would, would feel do. shame to some extent and, and go maybe away. resign They'd or go, go away. away. Right. Go and away. now it's like they sent one million racist text messages and their defense was, I was joking or whatever. Yeah. But now it's that. Yeah. Or, or there is no defense. More no. Than they the just don't even bother. This is good action. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> yeah. you, yeah, you triggered much. Yeah. Anyway, he was one of those old fashioned, like he was like Reagan's secretary of education or whatever. That yeah. Guy. He yeah. sure was that fucker. Um, uh, Dan Shore. Uh, oh, he was a drug czar. William he was a Bennett. drug. That's right. He was the he first, was the first drug, drug czar. And the, then Michael Douglas was the drug czar. Then he was the drug czar. In oh, traffic, in traffic, he's the drug czar. right. Yeah. He's the drug czar. It's played, coming back around. Yeah, it's coming back around. Um, Daniel Shore, mm-hmm. God bless him. His last broadcast on NPR, uh-huh. Saturday, July tenth, two thousand ten. He died July twenty third, two thousand ten, at the age of ninety three. Wow. Holy Files shit! Files one more report, and he's like, "All right." He died at the desk. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He maybe took a week. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So the game. So all right. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I want to be clear. If I if that sounds like I'm being negative about uh, D- Daniel Shore. About the film. Oh, you don't want Shoreheads to come for well, you? I just think in terms oh, of like... They are brutal. Like, uh, <laughs> just like, they're like the Bayhive, man. They in, will swarm. In, in terms of like 90s uh, uh, sort of vaguely satirical thrillers mm. uh, about sort of hubristic, uh, soulless men, titans of industry who get trapped in a, a game of their own uh, design, right? The trap of their own design. Uh, What's the movie you like best? I love the player. I don't hate the game. Ah, very good Thank landing, you. baby. I don't hate the game. I don't love, hate the game. Love the I, player. When I saw this film, I, I was a I was a massive seven head. Right. This is the. I thing. was coming off of uh of such a seven high. You were living. I was this twenty years in old. Real time, being like, this is the fucking guy, and this guy's gonna hit home runs every time. Hundred percent. I yeah. saw seven like three times in the theater. I was, I was, I felt like a big old grown up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, it was so dark. Dark movies are the real shit, man. It was all. The, it had. It had all the sins. Few movies yeah. had ever attempted that. No. It, some it, movies it, have it some sins. Yes, three it or four. A, it had a foot chase in the rain with a gun being waved well, around. My favorite thing about seven. Is it's always raining? Always raining, <laughs> like the most nice. Except at the thing. end, yes, yeah, yeah. Through the desert, you're right? It is the Avengers of sin. Um, yes, exactly, exactly. Like Sternberg could only get one sin off the ground, and even then, he lost most of the footage. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. still mad at you about that stupid joke. Um, I love the player. No, I don't. Was, I don't. Hate it was great. I also love the player. To be clear, yeah. Um, and, you, and you and you love the game. You love the player and love the game. Yes. Um, I love the game even more. Well, I love the mm, player. The player's real good. David. Hey, hey, Two hate it movies. or love it, the underdog's on top. It's a reference to one of the games. Oh, boy. He reopened the tab. He reopened the Wikipedia tab. <laughs> I feel the like the game only had a couple years yeah. up there, right? Like, he was a little flash in the pan. Well, if JJ had done his damn job, yeah, second dossier, JJ. <laughs> 
<laughs> to be, to be, I want to actually make this clear. Oh yes, JJ worked very hard on these dossiers. He did at very short notice. He did, Thank and in you, fact, JJ. he said, "Please don't criticize me on air for getting this to you late." And, and in we fact, won't. But... Want to go out of our way to thank him for doing a couple dossiers on very short notice as the schedule flipped around. Right. That had been said. Scold him, right, JJ. So. You fucked up. You should have pro bono given us an additional dossier on American rapper The Game. Um, so Nicholas Van Orton mm-hmm. uh, is a wealthy investment AKA the banker, game. Yeah. Uh, aka the game. Before Fifty Cent ever heard of him, yeah, Nikki the Game Van Orton. <laughs> um, he should have seen this coming. Uh, yeah, there's a game with your name all over it. Um, he's a investment banker, as he sort of says. It's like I'm gonna move money from one place right. to another. He he himself is not. He basically into knows his job. that his job is bullshit. Yeah, that he was born on third base. Born on third base, but then did have the unfortunate uh, luck to watch his dad mysteriously throw himself off their uh-huh. haunted ass mansion. Yep. <laughs> and luckily, someone luckily someone filmed it. Uh, and luckily, it was being filmed uh, by like the fourteen guys who filmed JFK's assassination. Yeah. Mark Mylod was there. Goes, yeah, I could develop this style even further. This also has tinkly piano. Which, it like, does. It. I mean, it really does. Is it a Howard, Howard Shore, Shore score? Great Howard Shore score. Yeah. He does all of Fincher's early scores, and they're yeah. so good. Yeah, before he he jumps over to Reznor. Yeah. I Ross. did really appreciate the, speaking of the difference between mm-hmm. him and Reznor, though, is in the chase sequences in this movie, it's still just a bass and some piano. Ding, yes. ding, There's ding, never ding. any, like, dr- yeah, it's not like a, a drum. The, this movie, the the score from Howard Shore it feels like two different scores being played on top of each other. Yes. There's like the thumping bass thing and then there's the twinkly piano and it often feels like they're discordant uh-huh. with each other. Intentional one must assume. Yeah, which I like. Yeah. I mean, I love Howard Shore. Yeah. But it is crazy that the guy who did the weird discordant Cronenberg and Fincher scores. Yes. And then PJ was like, hey, you want to do like Lord of the Rings? He's like, yeah. sure, you want a symphonic masterpiece right. <laughs> like with like 20 late motifs that will like, you and know, last a generation? You know how his career started, right? Uh, I don't know. He was the original music director on Saturday Night Live. Oh, yes, I did know. Oh. He's a Lorne Michaels guy who then became like weird, like thriller score guy, then came up with like the defining blockbuster epic score. Right. Yeah. Um, God bless him. Yeah, wild career. He's got cute little glasses. <laughs> Uh, Nick Van Orton, uh, mm-hmm. it's his 48th birthday. It's the day when his dad killed himself. Uh-huh. Uh, and his... A thing he has never thought about. Right. Uh, he's divorced. thoughts in a box. His wife has remarried. He mm-hmm. has a child who he seems to consider a mild acquaintance. Uh-huh. Right? Uh, and there's another on the way. Not his, obviously. Lives in a big haunted mansion with his devoted, uh, housemaid Ilsa. They should have had Jodie Foster play his daughter over the phone. Just thinking that, that would have worked. That would be yeah. great. Happy eighth birthday. Uh, that's goes, um, thank you, Dad. Carol Baker as Ilsa, sure, legendary, you know, um, Academy Award nominee uh, uh, from Baby Doll. Baby Doll, yeah, you know, originated did a lot of Tennessee Williams. She originated Baby Doll the play. Yep, right. Yeah, um, she's in Giant. She's mm-hmm. in you know, she's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, he has lunch with his brother, his fuck-up brother, Conrad, uh-huh. who woke up naked on a beach, he says, and, you know, used to buy meth and at this restaurant. Right, you know, he's full mm-hmm. of colorful, you know, vibes. Yes, and this movie is so Fincher-controlled from the beginning that Penn is the first guy you're seeing in the movie who feels a little more off the cuff. Has any life to him whatsoever. Yeah. Yes, yes. Which is great. 
construction because yes. he's coming off, he's coming in high on the game, and uh-huh. then then we want to be as well. Yes, I want to be on the game. But they haven't talked in so long that he doesn't know that Douglas and his wife broke up, which seems to have been many years ago at this point. She's already remarried, pregnant with another man's child. They just haven't been talking to each other. There, there's just the sense that he, if you don't call him, yes. you don't hear from him. Uh, and you see some scenes of him being kind of like a corporate raider. You know, yeah. he's he's scary. A touch I do like, unless I'm mistaken, Deborah Kerr is the waitress in this first scene, yes. right? They just frame her head out yeah, the whole Yeah, she's press. framed out. Right, yeah. which is nice because it's sort of what you're saying of just like, he does not even They're look at these people. Ants to him. Yeah. <laughs> just, um, he's got that scary, is it Peter Donat? Donat? Oh, yeah. As yeah. Uh, his lawyer. kind of lawyer guy. Yeah. Uh, love that guy. That yeah. guy's always kind of scary looking. Um, okay, so... Uh, Penn's like, I bought you this game. It'll change your life. It's so great. And he goes to this fucking office. Can't explain it, but it's this immersive, transformative. Ah, you know. What is it? How does he phrase it? Doesn't he say something like, they make you face the thing you don't realize is missing from your life or whatever it is? I mean, the thing I, one of the other things I do think is pretty insightful about this film is it does feel like it is commenting on, and this is a thing that is, like such a fucking Leno late night punchline talking about all these sort of hypocrite guys. Uh, but I think especially with these like 90s masters of the universe assholes. Sure. Is like how often there was some public reckoning of like, oh, what's their weird fetish? Mm-hmm. They make someone mm-hmm. like put them in a diaper and spank them. Yeah, that, that all... was very hot in the 90s. It turns out they're all, um, you know, sexually bizarre. Sure. But, but beyond that, that it was like the through line was all these guys who were fucking like absolute conquerors of industry, like just unrepentant assholes, cigar chumping, like pieces of shit. Right. All have some secret life where they want to be like infantilized or diminished or punished, you know, mm-hmm. that it's like th- these guys who uh, want to be masters of the universe also get off on the... I want to be out of control. I want someone to have power over me. I mean, th- this movie is pre-fin doming. You're obsessed with fin doming. I no fetish makes less sense to me in the world. Are you familiar What's with fin doming? No. Fin doming is you hire a dominatrix and give them like all of your passwords. Give them your like bank login. Right, and then they're like, "I'm gonna fucking drain you." Huh. And part of it is them texting you during the day and being like, "I'm gonna fucking spend all your goddamn money." Where you, you're just getting off on, like, it's the non-physical version of S&M. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Griffin's obsessed with this. Obsessed with it's making the, the, sure it you, never happens to me. It's well, also, a, it's also essentially what happens to him. Yes, that is essentially that's what I'm what She's standing over him, and it, not to jump ahead too much, yes. but she's standing over him saying, we drained you, daddy. Right. And, he, and then he passes out. But here's this right. guy who's, like, obsessed with having control of everything in his life, but is also miserable. Yeah. He's not happy. He probably wants someone to take the control away, although he, would he can't never articulate that. admit right. it. He has the scene where he, like, says, like, why, you want to get photos of me uh, being spanked while I, I buttfuck Captain Kangaroo? Right, Like, right. he makes the joke basically saying, I don't have a fetish like that. There aren't Polaroids you're going to find of me. And so he needs to be cucked by he, SRS. Right, and he's also kind CRS. of... CRS. Sorry. He's also kind of like, um, it wouldn't even matter... Money, like he's so in your like he doesn't even care about his public celebrity, which no. doesn't exist really. No, he's like I'd still be rich, like yeah. I'd still be powerful, even if you embarrassed me. Anyway, he goes to the CRS. James Redhorn's got Chinese food, mm-hmm. 
and is doing the whole kind of like, yeah, 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 no, no, welcome, yeah, right. sit down, yeah, let's, uh, yeah, I'm Jimmy Stewart all of a sudden, right. I don't and know if, why. If Penn's the first guy in the movie to have some life, and then Reborn is the first guy to be casual, yeah, which is so guy. weirdly like unnerving in the world this film has set up, mm-hmm. where you're like food, he's like dropping it on his shirt by accident, right. he's distracted by five other things. It's the same as the receptionist who. Uh, negs him essentially yeah, by yes. not uh, immediately catering to him. Yes. So they're both they're 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 both operating from this place of smart. pretending they don't know who he is. Right. Yes. Like they they're putting him off kilter is probably what keeps him interested. Right. Like I, the lack of secrecy. That's the game. That's the, <laughs> right the game's begun. Yeah. It's negging. They're negging. Right. Yeah. Negging. Um, and and Redborn's the, peacocking with that Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. What's it's the best it, in the city. Best yeah. in the city. Best in the city. Um, and so uh, they have him fill out. Zillion forms. They have mm-hmm. him do a physical. They have him watch the video from the Dharma Initiative in Lost, where yes. it's just sort of like, you know, stock footage of weird right. shit, and then something that just says like pornography, right. like, masculinity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "What is this?" Yeah. You know. And after all that, he then gets a phone call the next day or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's like, "Sorry, uh, declined. No game for you." Yeah, you didn't pass the test. Right. The first, and then thus the game has begun. Obviously, of course. It's it's the total recall thing where they tell you exactly what's going to happen right at the moment where the thing is supposed to start. They're like, malfunction. Not working. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. I love that in total recall. I think yes. that this movie should not have been called The Game. I think it, I kind of agree with you. I'm going to start there. What would you call it? Nick's bad day. I would say, I would call it how Nicky got his groove back. Sad oh. Richie. Yes. Sad Richie. Yeah. Uh, don't, you know, what, whatever. Don't bring the wooden clown inside. Yeah. I think I would Called call that. it, I think I would call it escape room. Mm. Tournament of champions. Tournament of yeah. daddies. Have you seen those movies? They're oh, weird. no, I was talking about actual escape rooms. I know, what, I know. Have I you seen the escape room films? I I'm here to tell you I didn't know there was such a thing. I they think are maybe like them. They're very game-coded in that yes. it's like, oh, an ordinary escape room. Actually, we know everything about what's going on with you. Yes. Like, me- fundamentally. And we're going to design escape rooms that provoke, How you many know, are there? Two. There should uh-huh. be a third. There should opinion. be a third. They kind of fucked up the release of the second one around the pandemic. But it uh, they feel kind of like canon movies to me uh-huh. in a way I like. Yeah, I like exactly. that. They're really yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, so, okay, he comes home, and what's outside? Normal... A wooden clown posed exactly as his father lying in the sidewalk. Yes. Outside rude, his, by great, the way. Uh, incredibly rude. Too soon. Clown yeah. looks... Too soon, you say? <laughs> <laughs> it's only been 48 years. <laughs> I think it's been less than 40. It's four. been like 30. Yeah, like 30-ish year. 30, yeah. He was probably like 12. I don't know. Sure, okay. Um, who knows? Who can say how old he was? Impossible. Truly impossible. No one tells us. No. Yeah. Um, and there's a clown. He brings the clown inside. You bring the clown in, right? You bring no. the clown in. No. <laughs> you don't bring a wooden Nine, clown? One, one. <laughs> yeah. Well, first, yeah. bring the clown you in buy and put it in, first. A, put it yeah. in a chair. You put yeah. it in a chair. Like, well, I'm not, you're not going to leave it on the ground. I'm not someone who really thinks you should call the police in any scenario, but mm. wooden clown left in a menacing way outside my apartment, yeah. I might... I might just want a console. No, look, I, I operate <laughs> Someone on... to bounce that off. <laughs> I, I operate on the principle of ACAB. Uh-huh. All clowns are bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Don't yes. fucking go near them ever under any circumstances. 
Um, and he brings it in and, uh, then yeah, just, I think, yeah, the best, most surreal touch of the whole movie that the TV starts talking to him. What's more fun than that? Yeah. Yeah. The sort of the newscaster being like, and America continues its long trudge towards mediocrity. Are you so, listening to me? Yeah, asshole? What do you think of the fucking clown? <laughs> the effect of the glitching. It worked really hard on it, by the way. It's good. Yeah. It's so throwbacky. Yeah. Yes. Because mm-hmm. it's a broadcast. Right. I mean, even if it's cable TV, it's not, it's not computers. You know? No, 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 yeah, no. This no, movie is analog. wonderfully analog in general, apart from his cell phone. You want to know? You want to know a touch that made me very nostalgic, weirdly. Go ahead. So uh, when when the guy's talking to him and he's going up to the TV and trying to figure out like what's going on, is this a window? Video is drum? there a camera? Right. Here? Where's the camera? Right. Yes. Video yeah. Drum, very sure. video drum. He puts sure. his hand on the screen yeah. and you hear the sound of the static. Oh yeah. Like, Fuck, your TV I would fizz. That was a thing. Totally. It was kind of it was kind of fun to brush. You the figure screen. it out as a kid by accident, right. right? And then it starts to become a thing where you're like, sometimes I want to do it. Yeah, I want to put my cheek up against it. What James cheek? Woods, it as you said, why cheek? No, what cheek? My face cheeks. Wow. Okay, he calls his butt Brandon? cheeks his face cheeks. He yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. He calls his butt his face. It's really weird. <laughs> um, on um, butt face. Um, uh, yeah, uh, the TV. Uh, the, the most quaint uh, moment to me is when, because he can't open his briefcase, he mm-hmm. cannot proceed right. with yes. presenting papers. Now it would just right. be like, I'll email these to you. He's yeah. literally like, they're no, in the fucking briefcase. Si- this sign is why now I s- or DocuSign. Which one's this, better for This you? is why I say it's one of the most likable Douglas characters from the beginning because he went there in person. He did go yeah. there in person, a motherfucker. God I remember bless him. It's yeah. true. He's doing it face to face. Yeah, not a coward. On. I was yes. like, this guy's actually okay. No, I mean, he did go there in person to tell like some beloved children's book man. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not making profits from me. Well, you're sure fired. He's, he's gonna jerk off about it later. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Does he jerk off? No, I think no, he sees guy, his penis and he's like, "What's that?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah, I, yeah. right. That's my that belongs to me. His his penis, I imagine, is like one of the fucking appliances in Flintstones. It's a living, right? And it just goes like again, <laughs> which is so, so, such a such a such a, a strange thing for a Douglas performance. Yes, yeah. he's have like, such a dickless performance. He's, this he's is one of his sexless. least horny films. Yeah. that is true. Right, because even Deborah Karen Unger, it's like when she takes her shirt off, he almost seems a little confused. Yeah, he, and uncomfortable. I think he's a little embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. like. Because he's still just, it's the propriety of that moment to right. him. They have a little bit of a spark, but then he, yeah, she's like, is there talent? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's not that kind of asshole. No. no. Whereas in most 90s uh, Douglas movies, he'd be fucking Armin Mueller style. The, the, the shirt would be off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he'd be fucking Mueller, Mueller style. He'd of fuck course. the clown. <laughs> That's why I brought <laughs> the clown in. Of yeah. course. Where else are you bringing in? What are you drinking? He fucks the the big the big uh, bouncy castle at the end. Scott. They're like, let's get him. Oh, he's having sex with it with the X. Do you he's want me like, to hail? There's a big X. Do you want me to hail a cab, sir? Just so I can fuck it. It's got a tailpipe, right? So, uh, the clown, yeah, uh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a key. The first key is sort of introduced here, right? In you the know, mouth, the sort of yeah, the it's sort like of aesthetics. The tongue is the ribbon. I love all this. It's so ninety keys. Keys. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Now I, it would be a fucking app. Ugh. It's true. Yep. Admit it. It'd be a fucking <laughs> face ID. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to scan something or whatever. It's yeah. just like, yeah, what is the key open? You know, and this idea of like San Francisco is this big, weird, empty playground mm-hmm. where it's like, who knows what we've tucked away in like weird basements or lobbies. Yeah. or Yeah. But also Fincher grew up here. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think it's they... Home for him. 
um, they thought about setting it in other places, and Fincher was very pro San Francisco. It was like it, it cost several more million yes. dollars to do it in San Francisco as opposed to New York or Chicago or LA. Right. And I was really places. insistent about it. And this was the movie where they weren't telling them no on anything. I think it's such a cool thing. I mean, obviously, Zodiac is another. Mm-hmm. Are those his two SF movies? Where's Seven set? Seven is set in a nameless city, it's set okay. in Rain City, like France, it, San Francisco. <laughs> exactly. Uh, right? Seven set nowhere. That's yeah. what I recall, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, obviously, Panic Room's a New York movie. Mm-hmm. Benjamin Button is down, down in the piggies. In the bayou. Nolans. Nolans. Um, and the Saints... No, okay, whatever. Uh, yeah. Social, Social Network, Network is set so. down in the bayou. <laughs> down in the bayou, Harvard. Yeah. Um, and uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, well, that was set where? In Iowa? Little <laughs> <laughs> joke. Yeah. And Gone, Gone Girl is set kind of in Iowa. It's in Nebraska or something, right? Gone Girl's in the Midwest. Uh, He's dragged her out to the Midwest. What's the hat they make him wear? Which team is it? I don't know. This well, is the whole thing we're well, fucking Well, he Affleck. wears a Mets cap okay. because they, they're from New York. Right. Remember, they met in New York, but it's a Missouri. It's Missouri. Kansas right? City, right? Outside yeah, of, whatever, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, you know, anyway. Okay. He's made so many good movies. I like his films. Do you want to name more Midwestern states? Yeah, do it. North okay. Dakota. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. <laughs> I, I, Ohio. Wisconsin. Like, I'll say mm-hmm. that I, I don't love this movie, but I'm also watching it. And I'm like, we got to do the full rewatch. But I'm like, if this is my bottom ranked Fincher, which it might be, that's a pretty fucking exceptional filmography. It is pretty high for, for sure. His. Wow, we're going to be different. That's fun, though. Um, wow, I almost want to tell you where I have it. Don't. Okay. Um, so uh, then he has the, he meets Christine, mm-hmm. Deborah Kara Unger. What do we think of Deborah Kara Unger? She is a waitress who uh, pours wine all over him and he's yes. mean about it. And then she's, yeah. she she's, gets fired. She sticks up for herself and gets fired. He feels bad. Feels uh, bad. I, her audition tape, she sent a sex scene from Crash. Yeah, that was her reel. That really? Was, that that yeah. was literally her, like, you Good know, yeah, just like, <laughs> yeah. What do you think of this? And, and she said, which by joke. the way is what self tapes should be. Self tapes yep. should be what we call reels. And you should watch one fucking scene. Right. Yeah. And be like, this is the actor's what, vibe. You decide whether I can yeah, do it or not. You piece of shit. I agree with you in principle. But then every time I send casting directors Deborah Kara Unger's sex scene from the game, <laughs> they don't hire me. I fucked it up. I uh, fucked uh, up my And that was a really good joke. joke. It would have fucking. Well, let's just get you say it clean and okay. then I'll insert it later. Okay. I agree with you in principle. Uh huh. <laughs> Good sir. But yet, may I add another fact into the record? The every time, what? More's the pity, but every time I send a casting director Deborah Kalinger's sex scene from Crash. There you go. Nailed it. 2005. They don't respond well. Oh, Fuck, no, I picked the, the wrong, wrong crash. <laughs> also, I oversold it. Um, oh, you think you did? You think we put too much mustard on that <laughs> one? <laughs> I had um, a take. I, I had a take. Now, Deborah Carr Unger, Canadian yeah. actress. Uh-huh. She's from the beautiful town of Vancouver, mm-hmm. out there in British Columbia. Okay. Um, uh, I feel like at this point was basically mostly known for um, Crash. She is in Highlander 3, The Sorcerer. So yes. maybe Ben remembers her from that. I don't really 
Highlander 3 has not stuck the in The final there. dimension? Yeah. No, no. Um, I was a big Highlander head, and I never even saw 3. Ben has pushed very yeah, I mean, hard we're to all cover Highlander, the Highlander movies. We like the film Highlander, yes. and we think 2 is kind of bad and funny. Yes. Yeah. But and I was it's very like, wait, excited to see... <laughs> I was very excited to see the quickening in the theater. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's f- 2. That's 2. That's 2. That's 2. So, um, um, but uh, she's one of those actors... Let's do it, though. Yeah, I know yeah, you want to do it. Griff, stop playing with your ghost box. My ecto tramp. Um, My ghost tramp. Sorry. Uh, the the thing she said was that she was very relieved that this was basically the first movie she worked on where she got to wear a full costume. She wore clothes yes. the entire movie. I yes. mean, and a full outfit. She's. I just consider her like such a specific presence in terms of years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the movie. Like I I like her, but like. If she's in a movie, I'm like, it's the late 90s or the early 2000s, basically. Right. Because then it's, she has white noise. She's really good in Stander, a movie that, like, bizarrely oh, doesn't exist wow. but is hella solid. No, that movie's good. Tom Jane, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, he's a bank robber or something. In South Africa. Right. Yeah. And she's she's the female leader, and she's really good in that. And that's the last time I remember her really making a mark in anything. But I think uh, for how dark this movie is, Harris Savides shot it. And he's also in the bathroom. Yes. He's the guy asking for toilet paper in the bathroom. Harris Savides, who we will talk about on other episodes as well. The God. The God. Maybe my favorite DP of all time. It looks so good. It looks incredible. This is pretty much his first, like, big movie. He had done one other... Heaven's Prisoners. ...feature with, well, Phil Jeannot, who was similar to Fincher, a kind of Wonder King Young hotshot director everyone thought was no tour. But his movies never connected. No. Um, And... Harris was like the top music video commercial DP. Yeah. He does this one Phil Geno film and he's just like, not fucking worth it. I don't want to deal with features. I don't want to deal with fucking directors for this long. Easier money to just do what I've already been doing. And Fincher had to basically beg him to do this. Right. And a lot of the appeal was that uh, he's like, I really wanted to get caught in the weeds on the plot and the twists and turns and the details of this movie narratively and not be micromanaging the visuals as much as I usually do because Fincher's like, I usually come in with a lot of very specific takes on lighting right. and Harris Savita's instincts and styles are so aligned He'll with my own it. that he's like the one DP where I feel comfortable being like, Harris, just do what feels right to you. I'm probably going to like it. Um, the, I feel like the lighting scheme in this movie is warm and kind of dark and soft well, at the beginning. Th- this is what I was going to say. Yeah, I and mean, then... Go ahead. It is so dark and so shadowy for so long. It is incredibly helpful to have someone like Deborah Kerr Unger who does not look like anyone fucking else. She's got a else. very strange Even in face. silhouette, you're just like unmistakably her. Do you know mm-hmm. DKU? You don't know her or anything, right? Personally? Yeah. No. I was just, anytime an actress on the show, I'm like, I don't want to talk any weird shit about someone you might actually know. I also do no, feel like I've... you kind of know everybody. Yeah. I, you know everybody. I know everybody except Deborah Carroll. The one. I do like her a lot, but I don't know her. I've never worked with her either. Uh, she's in both Silent Hill movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I, The first Silent Hill movie is basically one of the 10 best movies ever made. Uh, and the second Silent Hill movie is kind of one of the worst 10 movies ever made. Um, Much like Highlander. Uh, yeah, kind of that vibe. <laughs> Silent Hill, um, the quickening. Obviously, she's in Crash. Uh, she's in Payback. She's, I believe, Mel Gibson's wife in Payback. Oh, oh my friend, okay. my friend Greg Henry is in Payback. Oh, well, mm. Greg, we love Greg, Greg, Henry. Henry. Greg, Greg Henry. I do know Greg Henry. Wait, of Greg, course. And that Greg Henry is also a guy who's in every movie, every yeah. De Palma film for yeah. sure. Yeah. Obviously, De Palma favorite. Uh, she's uh, one of the big members of the the Sunshine Ensemble, the refined oh, right. Sunshine. Yeah. But like, what's her last? What's her most recent credit? As of this moment. 
Um, her most recent credit, Griffin, is a 2022 horror film called The Long Night, starring Scout Taylor Ta- Compton. Okay. That was a well good, looks like a sort of direct-to-video horror film. So she is still working. I just feel like I would be so excited if I saw her I would pop like up to in see her today. Yeah. She definitely has only done, like, a handful of movies in the last 10 years, and none of them are movies I've heard of. Sure. Uh, she was in a Nicolas Cage direct-to-video thing called Vengeance, A Love Story. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like her last big movie, apart from Silent Hill Revelation, which is awful, mm-hmm. is maybe 88 Minutes. She's in that. Oh, with the Pacino. Like, she's, she's, I think oh. she's the fourth or fifth lead in that. That's yeah. the last movie I'm seeing on her IMDb where I'm like, well, that was a wide release, like, kind of big film. She's been doing voice work on a lot of Star Wars video games. She seems to have a recurring character across many of the games over the last 10 years. Got a great voice. Scorpio? Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, um, the TV show? No, or... that's the name of her character in the... Oh, in Star Wars. In the Star Great. Wars games, yeah. Uh, good for her. Mm-hmm. It was Scorpion was the TV show. Yes. I was on that. Who do you play on Scorpion? You were on Scorpion? Yeah, I was in Scorpion. I played a, I played a baseball pitcher. You okay. do have a bit of a baseball pitcher look. How dare you? And <laughs> hot is all I mean. The rudest <laughs> thing anyone's ever said to Britain. Yeah, I was Pitchers the ex. I'm always the ex who comes back to cause trouble between because the people you want to ship. I yeah. mean, no. you know? Oh, right. And everyone's like, oh, I hate Fuck this, this handsome guy. man entering. Fuck him. He's got a chip on his shoulder or something. Do you yeah. know the most extreme example now in retrospect of that? What's that? That Brandon has done in his oh, career. Wait, who, yeah. And there must be some Tumblr name for what you're talking about, like the wedge or the, right. you know, whatever. Yeah. What is it? Meghan Markle suits. Oh, sure. Oh, yes. you're Meghan's ex on suits? Yes. Meghan's got, got in the way of the ship that people were invested in at that moment, right? That's right. Between An actual and, ship. Yeah. My, my was... mom would have been furious at you. Oh, your mom probably hates me. A huge suits fan. My yeah, mom. she probably My mom is me. like one of suits' number top 10 all time fans, I think. She was yeah. just bringing up suits to me, and I was like, "Yeah, I know you like suits. Like, <laughs> it's not on anymore." Um, Deborah Carr Unger, I think she's great in this because, yes, she is. Un- she's very distinctive. Yeah, she feels like an actress. She does, but because she's sort of not that famous at this moment, yeah. right? She she still works as this kind of like you know you 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 have to sort of buy that maybe she's the one person who's not in the game. Yeah, she's at right. the exact right level of, like, if Foster's too famous and if someone is too green, you're just going to be like, well, they can't hold their own in this story, right? They can't create tension against Michael Douglas. Right. And she's just very comfortable, confident mm-hmm. on screen. Very, yeah, very confident. Very, she like, could help flinty. him out. Yes. Right. She's helpful. She's kind of annoyed with him. Mm-hmm. But she's got enough of a heart that if he's, like, in real trouble— you know, she's not going to abandon him. Exactly. And she's not going into like total femme fatale pastiche, but she understands how to sprinkle bits of that in, in the scenes where it's appropriate. I think it's very, there's so there's this whole rigmarole where like they encounter a man in the street who's dying. They get in the ambulance mm-hmm. with him. They get dropped off at this fake hospital. It turns out to all be fake. They go in a creepy elevator. I mean, this is all great game stuff. To be clear. Classic game. And you, the whole time you're thinking, this is the game. Uh-huh. And yet Michael Douglas does not go, this is the game. Well, no. but he's having the moments because he that, he does eventually go like, oh, the key's The key go for the elevator. elevator. Yeah, right. that's you know, true. Yes. Whereas if I had the key, it would be like me playing a video game, 
row, just be like, does the key go in here? Yeah, yeah. Does the key go in here? Yeah, like, every key go oh, in the ambulance? It's constant. Does the key go in the generator? Yeah. yeah. Does it go in my mouth? Yeah. <laughs> eat the key? Yeah, eat Tasty. the key. Yeah. Um, Fuck the key. <laughs> I'm Michael Douglas. <laughs> um, and then they have the whole thing on the fire escape where they fall in the garbage. Yeah. And it's kind of a little reset for them where they're like, well, now we're both covered in garbage. Right. Like, and, now we're kind of on equal standing. And that's basically when she tells him, by the way, someone paid me $400 to spill a bunch of wine on you. Right. And right, he right, said, right. what did you say? And she said, well, he said 300 and I said 400 And then I said the handsome man in the linen suit. Yeah. Right. Really? But so now he knows that she was brought in on this, but brought in on this in a way that she didn't quite understand anything larger outside of that one moment. And now he knows he's handsome. Now he knows he's handsome, which he had never considered no. before. He um, looks in the mirror in the beginning of the movie and he nothing. doesn't get that flash in yeah. his eyes. No, you know? no, no. But, you know. Well. Which in a usual Michael Douglas movie, he'd catch a glimpse of himself in the mirror, try to fuck the mirror. You'd see the, you'd see the ass within uh, half a second. You'd see the tush and he'd be I trying to fuck just, it. I don't understand. My reflection isn't turning around. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Know your role. Uh, yeah, he has that good bit about where he loses one of his shoes and he's like, there goes $1,000. And she's like, your shoes cost $1,000? He's like, no, that one cost $1,000. That's a very good bit. Um, okay. Uh, what happens now? He brings her home. Mm -hmm. uh, not brings her to office. Brings her to office. She yeah. takes the shower. Yeah. Then they depart. Red underwear. He sees that she has red underwear. She's got a red bra. A red yes. bra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No underwear. No underwear. Like. Red bra. Uh, and, uh, then he goes home. There's a bit of a reset. Also, the Armin Muller stall thing happens before that, right? Where he, yeah, we mentioned that. Yes. Um, and then what happens? No, doesn't he go to a hotel? And isn't that where he wakes up with all the pic? No, I'm scared. When, yeah, when does the hotel come in? That is a good point. Oh, I'm just the hotel after the house has been trashed. Right. That night he that's goes home. Thing. That's when he has the conversation asking about right. his father's he, he suicide. He has a relatively right. normal night. Yes. Right. He talks to Elsa yeah. about his dad. And then he goes back to work and he's being a motherfucker mm -hmm. or whatever. Undeterred. Right. right. He's only met the gro ghost of Christmas present so far. Right. Who's and he's the nice one who's like Past, rrr, yeah. Rrr. right. Yeah. He's the fun one. Um and uh then he get you know, whatever. He it's yeah, he gets he gets home and his house has been trashed with crazy neon graffiti and, and Sean Penn is there and is like I, I like this is this is like a chain letter. These people have me over the barrel. Right. I passed this on to you to try and get rid of them. Like I'm yes. not this was not me trying to be he's he's I'm in he's, so deep. And then he opens Michael Douglas's uh glove compartment and a million keys fall out. Uh yes. Uh a sight that would make even the key maker jealous. Yeah, it is a lot of keys. I uh, loved it. Ben I loved to see it. Lost his fucking mind. Yep. You big key head? Big key head. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, my my main takeaway from this the Matrix sequel was that was a lot of keys. <laughs> he couldn't his big, his get big over. line. Yeah, um, that's what's really stuck with me. But so uh, Penn flips out on him and is like, "You're fucking working you're, with you're them with their keys." Right. Which, by the way, in the world of the movie, his brother, great actor, really good actor. That's true. I, I mean, mean, he's hell got of a performance. Yeah, he's got Sean Penn skills, and yeah. Douglas does not have Douglas skills, no. really. It feels like you almost want the twist at the end to be like, I'm the CEO of this company. Yeah. 
that he was. Yeah, you were our first subject. What if it was that? It was like, congratulations, we'd never tried this uh, before. It, it totally worked. Guinea pig. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, and then he goes to the hotel room, right? And there's the, you know, compromising, you know, the pictures and the cocaine. Well, he goes to the front and, desk uh, and like to check in. They're like, you already did check yeah, in. Yeah, right, right. And then right, he looks right. in his pocket and the key is there because the guy fucking put pocketed him. Yeah. Bumped into him in the lobby. And then, yes, this Dead hotel Reckoning room. Thank you. Yeah. The hotel room, it, this movie reminded me of Dead Reckoning in a lot of ways, uh, which I won't talk about. Okay. Uh, the the uh, the hotel room is just set up perfectly to make him look like a Michael Douglas character. It's just coke and Polaroids of right. sex acts. And yes. They're like, what's his name from Disclosure just swung through here? Right. <laughs> He's like, it's not me. I'm a different guy. Yes. And they're like, but you look like Michael Douglas. If you yeah. pick me, do I would... not bleed? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, in fact, he does start bleeding. Then he does. Yeah, he starts touching the coke, and then he cuts himself. One of this, one of the sort of like most mundane, like it's all spiraling out of control moments is mm-hmm. when he flushes the toilet, and it, even it floods. Yeah, and you're like, I don't want to know what's bloody in water. there. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's good shit. It is. Yeah, it's not shit. It's blood. Okay. There's no shit flowing out of the toilet. Um, and I feel like this is when he finds her again, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, he, first he gets taxi crashed. Yes, by what's his name from Braveheart, the man with the world's most interesting facial oh, scars, Flanagan, Tommy, 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 Flanagan. Tommy Flanagan. Great guy. Yeah, uh, he's in um, Sons of Anarchy, right? Yeah. Remember when? So, and as is Mark Boone Jr. Uh huh. Sons of Anarchy. They were like, we need the guys with the most raggedy faces possible. Like everyone has to have a million lines and pockmarks. Mark Boone Jr. in this film possibly looking the cleanest I have ever seen. Even though he's supposed to be playing like a shady PI. Yes, but in know? in the scale of Mark Boone Jr., he basically looks like David Niven here. He's I would, like I I, I I wasted Mark Boone Jr. for me. Well, it's early well, in his run. Yes, yes. Well, we didn't know he's quite. Been, he's been working, I guess. Yeah, when, when's his first credit? First credit is 83. Hey. Playing yeah. porn customer. <laughs> what? <laughs> In a movie called Variety. Oh, the Betty Gordon movie. Yeah. Oh, sure. How uh, much like... The, porn customer. I just, I'm trying to imagine what the prosthetics budget must have been. They had to hire Rick Baker to transform him believably into the type of man who could buy porn. <laughs> but then he never took it off. And that's right. where his career began. Yes. What if that's someone's origin story as a Hollywood guy? It's like, they put all this makeup on me and then I just left. I just kept <laughs> like, I was. I never stopped booking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he's, uh, I love him so much. Yeah, he's so uh, good. Mark it's one of Jr. your all-time best lines. Uh, he, what, that he looks like he sleeps in a pizza pie? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a man who looks like he sleeps in a pizza. <laughs> he, like, opens his calzone and just <laughs> snugly tucks himself in. <laughs> I love him in Memento. That's, like, yeah. my favorite Mark Boone Jr. Um, but obviously, he, yes, he's in Batman Begins, if you remember. Isn't he he's in a, Tree's Lounge, too? Yes. So good in oh, Tree's One Lounge. of the most... Iconic scum. Have you ever seen Trees Lounge? I yeah. haven't. That I love movie Trees is so Lounge. fucking good. Should we do? As I recall, it's a boosh. It's, it's on. It's the it's only on boosh. My list. Yeah, it's on my best. No, he did. A, he did a couple of. He did Lonesome Jim with Casey Affleck. Yep. Uh. He did that movie with Santa Miller called Interview. Yep. Uh, oh, which is a remake of a I Dutch film. See, I did see that. And he did um, Animal Factory, Animal Factory. The, uh, the prison right. movie yeah. with oh, um, right. Willem Dafoe. Uh, yeah. I still say it's the only boosh. And he, he directed the Leap Dave Williams episode of 30 Rock. Did he? Yeah, one of the best 30 minutes of uh, television. I only watched like a few episodes of it's, 30 Rock. It's the best one. It's one. It's, a, it's maybe the best of its 30 Rock's kind of later yeah. reality uh, is out the window era, especially. I was going to say, is it in the first season? Because I think that's the only episodes mm. of that show I watched. It's, wow. it's later season, I'm but not it's. Not being curmudgeonly. It's just the truth. It's you, Leap you Day. You are curmudgeonly, though. You're such a curmudgeon. 
no. on the episode, it's Leap Day. And everyone keeps talking about the Leap Day traditions and everything around her is being affected by Leap Day. And Liz Lemon's the only person who's like, what are you talking about? Since when has this existed? And right. they're like, we do this every four years. Blue and yellow are the Leap Day colors. Here's the traditional Leap Day meal. It's on television. And they keep on cutting into a cable broadcast of a movie called Leap Dave Williams that is like a parody of the Santa Claus where Jim Carrey plays a normal man named Dave Williams who starts turning into Leap Day Williams. And it's Jim Carrey? It's Jim Carrey as himself. But it's Buscemi had to direct the episode and direct the fake movie in the move in the uh, episode, which I think is incredibly well done. Um, Buscemi Bush- also directed, obviously, some of the most famous Sopranos episodes. He's a good director. Directed, yeah, he th- did Pine Barrens, yeah. didn't he? Mm-hmm. But I feel like Tree's Lounge is so good it's and so, so good. like deeply felt, but also, you know... Not over the top, mm-hmm. that you felt like Jesus. Is he going to be kind of like a huge directing talent, like yeah. one of the great indie directors? And he never quite whatever. Yeah, I no, know. I agree with you. That's also one of those movies where like the eighteenth guy is someone. Like everyone in the bar is some character. Yeah, who doesn't want to fucking work with the Boosh? I don't know. No one. You want to be in my movie? It's called Trees Lounge. Are you sure that's what you want to call it, Steve? Yeah. I think the breakout is Kevin Corrigan. Yeah. Love right. Great so comeback. Yeah. Insane and funny. Love yeah. that guy. Um, so okay, okay. Uh the game, the game, the game. Okay, yeah, the yeah, game, yeah. The game, the game. Uh taxi crashes. Uh turns out the magic handle he found is uh, you know, his way out of that. Oh, sure. Remember? He yes. has to wind down the window. Yes. He got this like special handle. The magic handle. Uh I could do with more of that. That's a critique I have. That feels very... I want a bunch of those. Escape roomy. You find right, an object. Right. You don't mean? understand what, what you have to apply it right. to. Yes. Uh, what else happens? Um, uh, mm-hmm. do, 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 uh, I'm just, I cannot remember the order of everything. No. But he, he finds his way back to Christine because the cab company tells him where she lives. Yes. And that's where she's like, don't... Like, keep your voice down. They're watching us all the time. I am an employee of this, and they are stealing your money. Right. Like, this is not an alternate reality game. This is just a scam where they, like, trick you into giving up your passwords, basically, and you are going to, like, lose all your money. And he... um, What? Do you log into Bank of America, see that you have zero dollars, and that's when you jerk off? That's when you come. (laughs) You don't even need to jerk off. You just... Come. You don't touch your penis. You're no. just like, okay. You don't touch. She shit. did it. Yeah. Uh, the only time I've ever seen that depicted is You're the Worst has a big fin dom plot. Okay. Yeah. Like that's reveal. And I feel like that's when that was, that fetish was being first discussed. Cause You're the sure. Worst was always eager, I think, to depict any new sexual fetish Get that in you could find on the ground yes. floor. I just want to, I just want to say that I, I have kind of a fetish too. Mm. It's, it's, it's a little different though. I get off on people just randomly giving me money. Yeah. Oh, and and sick. It's really know, brave it's of you disgusting. to admit that. Right. I know yeah. it's disgusting. And you're and you're open about it though. Like if someone I'm, wants to, do I want to say it openly. Right. You I know, just want to be like out there. You know, and public. Sure. You're trying to embrace your 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 kink. Here. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So if anyone wants to do that to you, right. Especially so after you saying. maybe had a really expensive steak meal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you don't remind me cover. about that. Yeah. If anyone would like to oh, compensate boy. me for that fucking bullshit. My kink is just trying very hard not to amount debt. That is my entire sexual fetish. Uh sure, sure, just sure. Let me be even. Um, yes. Yes. Uh you are scared of money wisely. Yeah, it's bad. Um 
whatever, scared of credit, overspending. Yes. Yeah, many things. Terrified of credit. Whereas Ben, deposit fetish. A deposit oh, fetish? God. He's a deposit fetish. those checks in there. Give me a slip. Yeah. Put it in. Put do you like in. that you can take a picture of the check and do it on your phone? Or do you want the old fashioned, like, mm, deposit slip? I like slip. the old fashioned, <laughs> like to look into the eyes of somebody <laughs> yeah. while I'm. Put in an envelope hard. that has holes in it. Right, yeah. some teller. So the money can breathe. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you don't want to suffocate the money. It's the most valuable thing you own. <laughs> it is, why is, is that, oh, who cares? It doesn't matter. Um, so uh, he calls, she drives him away and she, he calls his bank and they're like, yeah, you have no money. Sorry, bro. Like he calls his Swiss bank. Right, confirms it. They stop at a gas station. You know, She's like, like, like they cut Charlie up your Chango. car. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he, uh... Goes back to her place. Yeah. Well, yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think no, it's no, after his her cabin. Place. He goes to his that, right, cabin. They go right. to his cabin. He and still has a nice cabin. Drugs him. Well, he, he, has a nice he calls, uh, what's his name? The Dunn. lawyer. Peter Donnett. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Not a cent has been moved. You're fine. Right. And she's, and she's like, like, he's in on it too. He's fucking milking you. Hang up right now and then immediately drugs him with tea. Great just conspiratorial way we're, you know, like you're trying to yeah. move right where it's like if, if someone says the truth, they could just be lying. If anyone tells you you're not being conned, they are, in fact, part of the giant con. The one who is conned. Yeah. Uh, and he wakes up in Mexico mm-hmm. um, in a, a, a coffin. Yeah. Which is for dead people. Yeah. And uh, has to make his way back to San Francisco. Yes. And handles this all at this point pretty even handedly. Yeah, he's he's pretty much just in the flow at this point. He goes to the, the American. Game. He's kind of embassy. broken at that point, right? He's right. kind of yeah. like, okay. And the guy okay. sort of immediately can tell his story doesn't totally check out. Right. I mean, I think this guy is like you got robbed by gay hustlers, right? Because oh, yeah. he's sort of doing his, a whole. He arches his eyebrow and right. he says, right. "I got robbed." Yeah. yeah. Right. Because he's got this expensive watch. I was Who would staying at a hotel? And, yes. I can't say the name of the hotel. Right. Yeah, a lot of that. Who right. wouldn't take the watch? And the watch is the inscribed. To him by his mother on his birthday. Which is the day daddy died and which is him surrendering the baggage. He's Mm -hmm. ready for the final chapter. It is a metaphor. True. It's true. He's he's finally letting go of this weird, kind of creepy watch. I wouldn't wear that watch. I always think of trauma as the ultimate gold watch. (laughs) That's really what it is. Yeah. Like, do you want your dead dad's watch? He died in front of you. you show off to folks. And it literally says, like, you are a man now or yeah. whatever, right? It's like on your 18th birthday. Yeah. Like, here you are. You have the family curse. But also it has Now look up and watch and me die. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, he gets back to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, your brother's in a loony bin. Uh, your mansion's been sold. Yeah. It's all happened pretty fast. Yeah, it's all bad. Uh, and um, he Was Mexico to... in on the game? Like the, the the state of Mexico, the like country, the government yeah. itself, yeah, probably. I okay, because they have they seem to have limitless. How much financial the CRS resources? Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> but they, no, 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 they loaned it two weeks. Okay, it's like a two week loan. They rented Mexico. it. Right. It's uh, got built in uh, production value. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, how much does the game cost? At the end of the movie, Sean Penn is looking over a dense stack of papers, Signs and Michael Douglas bill. goes, "What's that?" And he goes, "It's the bill." And he goes, "Let me split it." And he goes, "Thank God." Right. And then Michael Douglas takes a look at it, and his eyeballs pop out of his head. Steam comes out of his ears. <laughs> awuga, awuga. That's a lot. Yes. You know, the film cost seventy million dollars. Uh, yeah. Should we say that's what the game kind of CRS? Be, right. It has to be tens of millions. Yes. Right? All those squibs placed, all those places he could possibly yes. go. Yes. 
you have to also remember that, like all of the possible permutations of his journey, you know, all of the explosions that have to be laid that don't even ever get like... If you rewatch this movie also, yeah. you see CRS everywhere, like yeah. those initials, like lots right. of it's businesses with... Yes. Right, different... It's in the the van out front of her it's place. It's very cute yeah. how it's like Easter egg-y. And everyone, it's adorable. everyone in the movie is there at the end. Like, you yes. know, every single fucking bit actor you see basically yeah. is there at the end. And you were there. And you were there. Yeah. And you were there. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, uh, he goes to see his ex-wife. Uh-huh. Uh, he's not. He's nice to her. He's apologetic. I would say the only person in the world he can trust. He right, says, right. Yeah. Um, and uh, when he's doing that is when he sees uh, James Redford on the TV mm. talking something else. Yeah. And he, so he tracks him down at the zoo with the white tiger. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And takes him hostage with a pistol. Well, he a goes to the Chinese gun. food restaurant that he remembers he liked, right, and right. they have his picture have his on the shot. wall. And now he's got him. Uh, Redford's so fucking good. Uh, he is good. Yeah. He really plays the, maybe this guy actually is kind of like, I did my two weeks of the game. Yeah. Ah, fuck. It's uh, a gig. A yeah, right. Gig. Yeah, like, I do a lot of stuff, man. Like, yeah. you know, I that was, I did part one of your game. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not, You're I'm in not, like part six. I'm not proud of my Melrose Place <laughs> episode either. I've made a lot of mistakes in my career. I'm off the clock. You can see I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> yeah. Look, do you know, like, party it's guy. San Francisco. You got Coppola and yeah. the game, okay? Right. Those are the two big games, yeah, all right? Fucking pill commercials. <laughs> Everyone does the game. Everyone does the game. It's our law and order. <laughs> I played a perp, I played a cop, I played a judge. Yeah, I've done a lot of, like, maybe, is that like if you're in Sleep No More, you can kind of cycle around? Yeah. yeah, yeah next right. week, Mark Boone Jr. plays the James Rebhorn character, yeah, the corporate guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry, best Chinese food in the city. <laughs> that actually makes, I like that, like there's someone in charge of the game who's like, okay, who we got next? This guy, he's going to want to see Mark Boone Jr. Yeah. first, right? Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. save Rebhorn for later, right? It, look, it's my favorite line in the movie is at the end when Dara, Deborah Kara Unger is talking about the next bit, and she goes, it, it's just a walk-on. Right. And right, you're right, like, oh, right, right, you were central to this narrative. Next time you might be the person who checks him in at the hotel or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right, you always yeah. got a different thing to do. Yeah. So what a caravan of kooks, the ensemble for the game must be. Just, just the behind-the-scenes story, the pranks. Yeah, I would watch that movie. I, that's a show. Yeah, that's that a is show. a show every week. The and, game and, and yeah. ARG happens at someone's. Yeah, it's just fucking the jury duty or whatever. <laughs> that's the thing I taught. I was listening to the jury duty guy do an interview, and he was just like, "It has been a th- like." I spent the following six weeks after we finished filming that show, being convinced that it was still happening. Right? Is it? Am I? And still I didn't know. Show essentially. Right. Yeah. And I just like I watched this movie, and like Michael Douglas is very relieved once he finds out what's going on, and he's like a thousand pounds lighter. He's like, "Thank you for saving me." I would just be fucked up for the rest of my life. Um, it is interesting. Also, the Truman Show is a year later, which yeah. is sort of a, a, mm-hmm. a different version of this same concept. Mm-hmm. But we in the Truman Show, which I love. Uh huh halfway in kind of switch to the other side of it yes right? you know we're with yes. Truman for the first half mm-hmm. um, but anyway yeah he takes uh, Redborn hostage takes him like, take me to the real headquarters and yeah. then there they all are There's the lunch. commissary absolutely they're all they're, well they're all on the same schedule yes yes or they all have they all take lunch at the same time everyone takes lunch off yeah Wait, um, is, is that like an actor joke do you take lunch at different times on set how does it work no, you break no, for you're, lunch. You're not on you set all the time, whereas right. all these people are on set. That, right. Brendan's right. joke is it does not make sense for them all to have lunch at the same That's time. That's would way you would in a shoot where everyone stops down because you're like, someone's got to be fucking minding after Douglas. Well, that's true, Somebody's but I guess... Somebody's got to be gaming him. It's yeah. all... 
he's been led here. He thinks right. he's doing it himself, obviously. Because there's the earlier moment where, where Donat is like, uh, they hired the private investigator. They hired Jack Cahill. Uh, right. And right. he's like, this company doesn't exist. The floor is empty. That's a cop. Yes. Cahill is a cop. Oh, he's a cop. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. Boone Jr. is the, Boone private, Jr. Investigator. the uh, yeah. private investigator. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and then, yes, the final scene, which we already talked about, where Kara Unger at least plays like, oh, God, mm-hmm. you got a real gun rather than the fake gun. Right. This is real. This is the first moment where it's not been the and game. And when he shoots Penn, he's actually driven to be like, okay, like, whatever. Whatever yeah. meager life I had, like, which has already been just unwound, right. is now completely gone. Let me throw myself from this building. Falls off the side of a building, falls through three layers of glass and windows. Breakaway glass. Lands on a giant uh, airbag, yep. and then they say, like, hey, be careful. It's breakaway glass, but it can still cut you. And it's uh, Spike Jones. Spike Jones is there. Yeah. You know how what women want is like Mel Gibson has to get electrocuted to understand that women are people. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is like Michael Douglas had to, you know, have his entire psyche disassembled and reassembled and then sure. be driven to not just suicide, but recreating his father's traumatic suicide. To understand to that anyone like, else has Maybe I do have friends in the world. Right, yeah. exactly. Yes. But Yeah, but it also has to come by, by you know, by way of confirming all of like what you said earlier, David, about right. the, f- the fact that everyone is a bit player in his yes, m- the yes. movie of his life. Right, yeah. it is. That I mean, Truman Show syndrome. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. That's like a real thing, right? Yes, yes. That Re- people start to think like Absolutely. everything is just no, no, no. yeah. Truman uh, Show delusion. Oh, there is a there's a there's a word for that. There's like a psychological. Yes. It's not in the it's DSM, an, so you know. But it's, it's adjacent at this. It's point. A, it's a concept of um, like, first person something, right? Isn't that what well, the like main the character syndrome? Main character character. Yeah. That's just what every millennial is like, Ben. Uh, Rebhorn so specifically nails rap party energy. I mean, oh Fincher God. said like the dancing. The whole thing is about this movie being built around this guy, and obviously in this last chunk, between seeing everyone in their lunch break, him going through like a stunt routine, and then it truly just being a rap party. But not just the dancing and that feeling of being like I've watched this guy be a professional. Mm-hmm. Right, and play like a stuffed shirt on set. Right, for and here he weeks. is now just, you know, being a silly guy. There's that bit where he's like too aggressive in his chumminess, where he's like, I'm just so glad you didn't shoot me. We had to prep for that possibility. Right, he's, I was supposed to throw you off. Right, maybe. right, right. That's what it was. Yeah, if yeah. you didn't shoot him, I was going to have to throw you off right, the building. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Just too much. Really good. Open bar. Really got to this guy. Um, and then, yeah, there's that one moment where he's like, okay, maybe I'll go on a date with you. And I think there's supposed to be sort of the winky joke of like, is the game over? You don't know anything about me. And he goes, well, you can tell me. And you can tell me, Scott. Scott. What? <laughs> um, Scott. He watches this movie every, every year. year. That's the game. <laughs> I love you, Scott. The game. Okay. We did it. You uh, love it. Wow. You I did it. it. I think it fucking rules. It's I one of my favorite this. Fincher movies. I love my Criterion. Beautiful, mm-hmm. obviously, well, you know, worked on transfer. This is a movie that was like not in print for a very long time. Yeah. And it, and it was a. Because of Polygram, I think. And it was a late Criterion laser disc. Mm. So, like, all the special features on the Blu ray, which weren't released, wasn't released until 2012, were things that were shot during production explicitly for Criterion. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of wild. And then it got stuck in that dead zone gulf for a long time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they considered shooting it in continuity at one point. It was a long shoot, 100 days, most of it at night. Yeah. Tough Oof. shoot. Mm-hmm. 
they shot the airbag scene three weeks in. He really wanted to just not do that early, apparently. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense, you know. Um, the stuff I really liked that J.J. pulled up was the the Fincher-Douglas relationship sure, stuff. I can give you some of that. Yeah, where he was just saying that, like, he was very impressed with Seven, but he was also like, okay, so this guy's like a visual trickster. Right. He's, like, all about the style. He's not going to be concerned with the character and My the My concern the was the razzle-dazzle would obscure everything else. Right. right. And yeah, I yeah. think Douglas is such a, a producer. He says, sometimes you have to remind a young man about that. Okay, Michael. Such a producer and such a developer of his own material. Even though he was not producer on this movie, credited as such. I don't think so. But mm-hmm. I think he basically is always going to wear that hat, even if not in title, on any set he's on. Uh, especially when he's number one on the call sheet. Um, but he was like, no, Fincher was like one of the better actor-directors I had worked with and was there even at that early point in his career. Mm-hmm. And Fincher... Uh, would say to him because like Douglas would come in and be like, well, I'm just worried about if the audience at this point is this and that and tracking this. And he was like, I know you're good at all of this and you have the experience doing all this. I want you to just be selfish and be an actor. Think about how you would play this. I don't want you to have to get caught up on the logic of the story that we're telling at large. Because I feel like a lot of directors do that where they're like, take the producer cap off, be the selfish actor, make me deliver what's around it to make it make sense. You don't have to help me to tell my story. Right. And so I think a lot of directors make actors help them. Douglas says two, only two other directors he's worked worked with have such strong concepts as David. And that is Milos Forman, Mm -hmm. who directed Once Upon a... Once Upon a Cuckoo. Once Upon a Once Once Upon a Cuckoo. And Paul Verhoeven. Yes. Yes. The king. Sicko mode. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Fincher and Douglas and Penn, all, who I think are is all strong personalities, mm-hmm. got along fine. Um, and uh, yeah, um, Deborah Kara Unger, he, Fincher says, I wanted there to be the risk that she would walk out of the movie and you'd never see her again. Yeah. Wanted her to be the extra who steps into the wrong place at the wrong time and fucks something up for the movie star. Like she's always trying to leave the movie. Like yeah. that is kind of her character. She's like, I gotta go. But she doesn't, because she's she part of the game. She's part of the game. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they shot it in San Francisco. I told you all that. Uh, Harris Savitas. Yeah, now, the thing about, like, it's very warm and dark at first, and then the fluorescents start coming in when he's yeah. in, like, the like, it starts to get harsher and nastier as it progresses. It's so cool. Uh, do, do you have any any additional thoughts, Brendan? Is there anything else you've had loaded up in the game chamber? No, I would have I would have spit that fire if I had it at at the ready. Uh-huh. Where's your puppy? He's behind you. He's in the chair. He's in the chair. He's sleeping. Yeah. Oh, he's looking at me now. Also, he ain't a puppy. He's a big boy. I know, but he's a puppy forever. He's little, but he's a big boy. He's a big boy. Yeah. He's it's approximately seven years old. Yeah. <laughs> as we discussed, uh, this movie did okay, but it was just so expensive. Uh, it was expensive. It did okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it does have also, it's Polygram's first ever distributor distribution. So yeah. they have, um, you know, some expectations. It made $109 million worldwide. Right. 48 domestic. Yes. That's a lot less than seven. Which made like 250 worldwide. Um, yeah. Seven made 327 uh, worldwide. Insane. Big and, hit. And cost... Uh, like half as much, like right. thirty-five. Right. Damn. Right. Yeah. So yeah, the, yeah. that's the math they're well, working on. The of. first budget they gave him was one dollar per sin. Yes. Oh, Seven dollar budget. Not enough. He got Very that sure. up. Not Very enough. Sure. He got that up. Right. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, and uh, Polygram, I think, basically considered it a modest success. They mm-hmm. put it out September, mid-September, which is yeah. a pretty quiet time. I think they were trying to kind of avoid the busy times sure, to see if they could like, sneak one like in. This is like a sad, burnished wood movie. It feels like it fits in September. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and it got, like, good reviews, but yeah. not raves. And it was nominated for, obviously, zero Oscars. Yes. Uh, which is largely how it goes with Fincher. Until like Ben Button, Button. Like, yeah, he's basically just not taking. He seriously. was no, he was like shut out until right. Button. Um, the film opened September twelfth, nineteen ninety seven. Griffin mm-hmm. number one, fourteen million dollars. Not bad. Everything else in this, there's two bombs below it. Okay. The the number two, it's been out for four weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, I call so it's it an a, August movie. Yeah, I okay. call it a bomb. It did make forty eight million dollars. In 97. Um, total, yes. or at this point, it had made 48 million? Total. Ooh. It's not the Avengers, is it? No. It's a... Is it the Saint with Val Kilmer? Great, great guess. Because that is kind of the vibe of, mm. like, mm, this star is on the downturn. But no, it's an action is drama. Is Stallone? No, it has a female lead. That's right, folks. Women can lead movies, too. Action? It, action. Women can lead action movies. It's not a. But this movie came in with a lot of people being like, well, I don't know if I want to see a movie about a woman doing this. G.I. Jane? G.I. Jane. G.I. Jane. Ridley Scott's G.I. Jane. Yeah. I, I get, you know, uh, certainly a, Demi Moore is on the downturn at this yeah. point. Also for Ridley Scott, like a real low, because his next movie is Gladiator. Right. Right. Like it's in yeah. his kind of mid 90s where it's like 1492 White Squall G.I. Jane, like yeah. three movies that don't really. No, you're right. The, I mean, the the talk around that movie at the time was weirdly fiery. And thank God everyone's chilled out about it. And you can say anything you want about G.I. Jane on any stage. Chris and Rock never forgot about it. Will this respond movie. normally. Lodged itself in his brain. She's bald. I mean, that is why the Chris Rock, Rock joke was so bad. I was like, G.I. Jane? G.I. Jane is the reference? Yes. It's 2022, whatever. Yeah. Um, that's number two. Number three, Griffin, mm-hmm. an action film from one of our, uh, you know, primo action stars of the 90s. I feel like you're saying this facetiously? Yeah. He's, you know, he's an action star of the 90s, 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. but he's not a Schwarzenegger. Is he a Seagal? It is Seagal. He's uh, Steven Seagal. Is, is it the under? No, it's not under siege. It's uh, it's, not, neither it's under on siege, deadly ground. It's not on deadly ground. Which is that's the one where he's like, the earth is important. Don't take the oil. Yeah. You that's have the to one protect he the forest. Directed. He directed right? that yeah. one. Okay. This, so this one he did not that. direct. So it's after mm-hmm. on deadly ground. Correct. Yeah. Um, but I believe this also has environmental themes. It's called Only You Can Prevent Forest Fires. It's before he slipped into his Vladimir Putin is a great thought leader phase. Well, in between that, he has his I Only Work With Rappers phase. This is sort of the beginning of that. Oh, really? three-word title? Uh, Three words. It's got to be. It's got to be three. It's called Go Fuck Yourself. It's called (laughs) Fire Down Below. Sure. Uh, Kentucky mining drama, but also he's like throwing an axe or whatever. Who else is in it? Chris Christopherson. Hell yeah. Marge Helgenberger. Okay. Hell yeah. Harry Dean Stanton. Hell okay. Stephen yeah. Lang. This is good ass cast. Hell yeah. I'm seeing here this movie is a masterpiece. Yeah. No, I think this movie is seen as fairly bad. Okay. Um, uh, famous uh, Steven Seagal quote about working with Marge Helgenberger. Well, I don't think she's a physical, spectacular, drop dead, gorgeous woman. She is a spectacular actress. Like, the fuck is the matter? Oh, Jesus Christ. Even- 
Uh, nominated for four Razzies, okay. um, but it lost to The Postman, which was really owning the Razzies that <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah. All right. Number four at the mm-hmm. box office. Mm-hmm. This is a good box office game. Okay. Action comedy. Okay. A, a young star, an uh-huh. up-and-coming comedy star. Mm-hmm. Maybe his first... Is big... it Money Talks? Fuck, you're so what fast. What the fuck? Who, what's Money Talks? It's Brett Ratner's first film. God. Chris Tucker's first Damn. Starring Chris vehicle. Tucker. Um, yeah. In which, uh, Charlie Sheen, correct? Yes. Isn't it? Yeah. Heather I just, Locklear? I just knew Rush Hour was September 98. And that rush hour was like an immediate, like, we, we got to You're like the ball Sherlock rolling. being like, the man's belt is blue. And you're yeah. like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, clearly the fibers, you know. Rush hour had one of the um, biggest box office runs of a September release when it came out a year later. And it was, have you seen, yeah, they wanted never to even heard of Money Talks. Together. I remember, no, I mean, I vaguely remember it now that you mentioned it, but I never would have pulled it out. Tucker Drip. Sheen Locklear? Correct. Okay. Have you seen Money Talks? I mean, you're a Tucker guy, probably. I right? haven't. I, I mean, he looks either. like a real rascal on his poster. And I he's love got money. an odd couple. Like, yeah. if, if this is like sort of a Midnight Run-esque type story, I think right? so. It's, yeah. I, like, like, feels more like loose Tucker's, Tucker's a, a hustler. Yes. Good call. <laughs> and loose Cannons is, is the Hackman Aykroyd. Hackman Aykroyd. Hack right. I yeah. love that poster where it's Hackman's holding a gun and then next to him is Dan Aykroyd and he's like holding a gun like it's like a dainty thing. Oh, yeah. They're back to, they're back to bed. He's stressed out by it. I don't want to hold this thing. I won as a whatever I, however old I was at that mm-hmm. time, 13, 14 years old. Yeah. I won a call in to attend the, to, for two free tickets for the, for the opening night of that. Not, uh, not an opening night. No, just Hollywood. Just like the preview. Yeah. Sure. And did you go? Oh, I went and I had the poster that was given to me hanging in my what? bedroom for I'll years. I'll the poster for you. Please yeah. do. Back to back. They're standing back to back. They are standing back to back. Uh, Hackman like looks like he's freak? basically yeah yeah, and I yes, and I fun. barely remember anything about the movie, but the poster, but the poster yeah. had a place in my heart. I think and we, bedroom. We talked about this on the Crime Wave episode. Do you still have the poster up? Yeah, I still have it up somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's it's above your marital bed now. <laughs> Um, Wait, we talked about this already? No, 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 no. It's a what Bob I, Clark film, director of Porky's. Right. What I'm saying, I and think we... A Christmas story. story. Christmas story. And Baby Geniuses. What sure. I'm saying, I think we already talked about on Mike in the Crime Wave episode. And Super Geniuses, Baby Geniuses, too. Yeah, 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 it goes without saying. Too, yeah. uh, your, your point about Hackman being... And Black Christmas, which is actually a masterpiece. Your point about Hackman being... Hackman was never shot on digital. digital. Yes. Hackman only, only shot on film. The they tried to shoot Mooseport on digital. Yeah. They were trying to be at the cutting edge. But like edge. he, while still being alive, thank God, knock on wood, that will still be the case still when this episode him? comes out. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, it will be. Yeah, no. He, Hackman's strong. Every single piece of acting he ever did yes. in a movie was shot on celluloid. Absolutely. That, that's kind of rare. Who else can you say that for? Yeah, but I'm seeing here Hackman's coming back for, you know, Green Lantern 2. Right. <laughs> He's playing Kilowog. <laughs> He's playing fucking Tamar Ray. It's just that will happen one day. Rot-lock it won't happen. I mean, I do think Gene Hackman is genuinely retired and God bless him. Writing cowboy novels. He's having a blast. Um, but it. but it, there is just that that weird thing with the comic book movies where they're like, we've hired, you know, fucking Orson Welles. He's back from the dead and he's going to play, you know, Lieutenant Jerk yes. for one scene. <laughs> yes. Captain America 8. Yeah. Uh, Do you see that quote from Harrison Ford? Let's shoot this piece of shit. 
Wait, what? Anthony Mackie was like in an interview. He's like, you know, it's so refreshing working with him. He's so down to earth, you know, on Captain America 4. He'll just be kind of like, let's shoot this piece of shit. And we're like, yeah, let's shoot this shit. And I'm like, mm. Well, you dropped a you word. Dropped a big <laughs> kind of a crucial word. Yeah. Uh, Harrison Ford is playing the Red Hulk. You don't know that, of course. Um, no. What's the Red Hulk? Oh, you know, if the Hulk was random. Yeah. So unlike bad. She-Hulk, who we like, we like She-Hulk. We love what her. if the Hulk was she? Yes. What if the Hulk was she? And sometimes she is. Yes. Uh, he's not playing the Red Hulk, right? He is. Is he? Oh, he's playing Thunderbolt Ross, obviously. Yeah, he's got turned the Red Hulk. Yeah. He turns into the Red Hulk. He turns into the There's Red Hulk. Is the Red Hulk built of bricks? Red no, bricks? that just... would be better. If he was, that would be I think cool. that'd be cool. If he was a brick, I have band. a vague yeah. memory I guess the of thing a comic sort of, book with like. Well, that's a brick the thing. The thing is sort of made of rock. I'm thinking of the thing. He's right. a great it's guy. clobbering time. He's a great guy. No, there was this moment where some nerd reporter asked him, like, and I have to ask, are you playing the Red Hulk? And Harrison Ford was like, "What is a Red Hulk? Yeah, what the fuck is?" And a you Red were like, Hulk? "He's either just doing the Marvel thing of yeah. you know not letting anything out, or as plausible, he doesn't know what the no hell they're clue. talking Can about. Can I make my fucking guess on the record? Yes. The one they're shooting right now is Captain America. Thunderbolts he's also signed up for, and they pushed it back because of the writer strike. I'm guessing that's the one where he turns into the Red Hulk. Thunderbolt. he doesn't so know he, yet. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And Clearly. if they've explained it to him, it hasn't sunk in because it's not in the script that he's written. Yeah, if they explained it to him, he was like, I don't... But, the what, money what goes talking? into this bank <laughs> right. account. Yes. Harrison Ford Here's LLC. My number. He also has a deposit fetish. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he sure Big does. Time. God bless him. Yes. Um, okay. With number the money five. in the bank account. Yeah. Number five at the box office, Griffin, and this is interesting, uh-huh. is a film that's been out for five weeks, slowly expanding. Okay. It's in 387 theaters in its fifth week. Okay. It's made $6 million. Okay. It will be nominated for Best Picture. Wow. And it's on its way to about $50 million. Wow. Ed Wood. Not Ed Wood. That movie was a flop. Yeah. God bless it. But and it got nominated. Nope. It got nominated. Yes. It, it, it got one Oscar actor and makeup. But not Best Picture. Oh, this year. is Best Picture. This film was nominated for Best Picture. 1997. Is it a Miramax? No. I'm trying to think of the slow roll. It actually is credited to Fox Searchlight. I could have sworn this was a Miramax. It's not Fulmonte? It's the full... It's the full Monty. What if men were nude? That's a word of mouth hit if I ever saw one. Uh, A show that now has a 25 years later legacy sequel Hulu series that no one is talking about. FM to Fulmonte. It is just called the Fulmonte and they don't get naked in it. It's not about that at all. It's just here are what these guys are doing 25 years later and it's still called the Full Monty. What are they doing? They got everyone back except for the one guy they fired. The guy with the big dick. That's the guy with the big dick. What? He was naked in his trailer too much. Who who are we talking about? In the Full Monty, there's the one guy who's got the big dick. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I forgot the actor's name. Hugo Spear. He got fired for inappropriate behavior on set Mm -hmm. and his defense is I just like to be naked in my trailer and too many times PAs walked in Right. Without knocking. Oh. That old classic situation. That classic. Mm. Uh, For a second when you were talking about the Full Monty, because mm-hmm. I, re- I remember very little about the Full Monty, sure. except Robert Carlyle was in mm-hmm. it, uh, I had a little moment in my head where it got cross-contaminated with Waking Ned Divine. Well, which was going for a Full Monty vibe yeah. at mm-hmm. the U.S. box office. I think right. it's a, That's the lottery ticket movie. Yeah, right? I think that's a good movie. I haven't seen it since I remember enjoying 1998, it. Yes, but it. I remember having a good time. Yeah, yeah. That, that blast. Yeah. That whole, that's a Patreon series. The Full Monty and then the other charming British indie comedies. Right. Like it's Full Monty. The one where Brenda Blethyn grows weed. Right? Saving like, Grace, which yes. is written by Craig Ferguson. Yes. Yep. 
There's a few of them. Sheer Madness with Bill Nye. Does Tumbleweeds count? Maybe that's just like an actual. Is the like, genre? Yeah. If, can you imagine if the British were chill? Or yeah, I know Waking yeah. Night Divine is Irish. But. Yeah, it's just it, it's feather light comedy. Could we do purely Belter? Like, could we do the ones that didn't even come out in America? Purely Belter. Purely Belter. Look, I lived in Britain, man. I had to suffer through six ads, six months of purely Belter. Maybe ads. we just do the the Peter Cantaneo series. One of the most just astonishingly disastrous careers for someone who directed a Best Picture nominee. And was not nominated for Best Director. Right, yeah. But what uh, was the, he did the one Lucky Break? Lucky Break. Or, right. Mm-hmm. And then he did The Rocker with Rain Wilson. Sure did. Yeah. And Military Wives. Oof. Yep. Out there, Military yeah. Wives. Was nominated for Best Director. Yeah. Well, yeah. For what? The, the Full, Full Monty. Monty. Oh, right. Sure. Yeah. Of course, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So... I've told this story before, okay. I'm sure. It's Great. not even a story. It's an anecdote. But that year the Oscar party that my parents brought me to, I, I picked Full Monty down the ballot. You told this story. And everyone was like, Titanic's winning. And I'm like, yeah, but if it doesn't, I'm the only one who fucking gets it right. Sure, you were trying to zag. Right, and they were like, if it doesn't, it's not going to the Full Monty. <laughs> it's going to LA Confidential. And I was like, I'm telling you, little rap that could. Look, you're probably right. Yeah. Full Monty could have had a word of mouth, uh, you know, bounce there. Sure. Over LA, whatever. You've also got Air Force One. Uh-huh. Masterpiece. Uh, yeah. yeah. It is. Get yeah, off my I phone. have a friend in there. Which one? Spencer Garrett. Mm. Do I know? I know that name. Get off my plane. Get in my bank account. Oh, get yeah. off of my plane. Oh, I think he's he's get one of the guys in the mind. in the um, you know, there's the the uh, Glenn Close. Yes. you know, he's in that sitting at the he's in that room. Scene, right? He's yeah, sitting he's at the table, being like, "What do we do?" Yeah, he's one of those guys. Um, well, because like everyone is in Air Force One. Yeah, Macy, one of the most. Macy, Macy is so good in it. Yeah, uh, Hoodlum. Hoodlum. They which don't is make movies like that anymore. Speaking of Tim Roth. No, it's no, Bill oh, Duke. Bill Duke. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Tim Tim Roth and, uh, Fishburne. you know, uh, Fishburne, obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, Fishburne is Bumpy Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, cool movie, in my opinion. Very underrated. Yeah. Andy Bill Garcia. Duke. Bill Duke is the shit. He's the great oh, Bill shit. Duke. Uh, the, uh, the Mel Gibson film Conspiracy Theory. Uh-huh. Oh. This is just a great box office game of, like, cable movies. All yes. key, Like, the yes. fall, man. Yes. Conspiracy, Conspiracy theory. theory in the game, you know, there's Same, a similar lot. vibes. The yeah. whole world, X Files y kind of like it's yeah. all lies. Yeah. Yeah. Who did Donner? Donner. It's Donner. Yeah. And that was one of those movies where it's just like, if Mel and Julia Roberts want to work together, they can pick any right. fucking script they want. Yeah. We don't care what it is. Um, Patrick Stewart's the villain in that one, I yes. remember. Uh, Excess Baggage, Alicia Silverstone's big Benicio follow-up. Del Toro. Yes. With uh, Benicio Del Toro. Uh, so Which I would always Scary get cutie. that confused with Life Less Ordinary. Wait, didn't like Christopher mm-hmm. McQuarrie direct that shit? No, that's Way of the Gun. Of the gun. Yeah, so all the three gun. of these movies were on the same spectrum of like stars who just had a breakout, hot mm-hmm. director or writer. G- give them anything. Crime comedy. Yeah, yeah. And then it, yeah, all three kind of imploded. And then who num- did who did that one? Marco Brambilla. Okay, remember him? No, no. Okay. but that was that was part of Alicia Silverstone's big like overall deal. Post Clueless, she like developed that, produced it. Oh wait, maybe it wasn't him because he's the director of um my favorite movie, Demolition Man. Oh sure, oh sure, no, he was directed by him. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, yeah. you were right. Trust yourself. I was right. Uh, and then number ten, the box office had George of the Jungle, a classic. Which had must have been out for a couple of it's months. It's been out right? for two it, months. Yeah, it made a shit ton. It made a hundo million dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, come on. Yeah, what's better than George of the Jungle? A film starring two Academy Award nominees, one winner now. Yeah, because THC is in it. THC is a villain. Leslie Mann should have been Oscar nominated. Four knocked up. 
She's great. Have you seen George of the Jungle? Never seen George it's of the Jungle. Got some good bits. You're just it. a doorman. 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 That would have been her Oscar clip. Yeah. And she's amazing in that movie. I agree. She's so good in that movie. She's been fucking dining out on it for 20 years now, basically. Yeah, I would have nominated her for George of the Jungle as well. Sure. I don't remember her in it. I mean, she's the fine. ape's name is Ape? I don't know. That's the kind of thing she probably says. <laughs> Brandon, I'm sorry. We're completely just wasting your time at this point. Oh, well, yeah. Speaking not. of oh, okay. wasting time. Uh, earlier in the episode, I interrupted uh, yeah. rudely. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. right. Let's take a screenshot. Yep. Oh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So I was on right, a website. Right, let me open this up. Okay. Okay. Because I was looking up, hey, let me maybe look up some movie locations. <laughs> what the hell is this? Okay. okay. Uh, that were, you know, different different setups in San Francisco. I was served a pop-up ad. <sighs> I will forward this This to is the pop-up ad. For like a sort of one of those like news sites that's written by AI or oh, whatever. Yeah. Right. Right. One Correct. of the most cursed images. No, no, he's it says Michael Douglas makes history with divorce Selma, but he's not divorced, right? Like he and CCJ figured it out. They figured it out. Right. And he's yeah. looking um how would you describe little gamey? His, <laughs> yes. uh, I, I always mispronounce this word, but he's looking sep sepulch. Yes, I also don't know how to pronounce that. Sepulchral. I have to say, it is impressive that Douglas and Catherine Zeta-Jones worked things out after he basically accused her vagina of giving him cancer. I mean, it's... Do you know the Gottfried bit about that? It's so fucking... Where he's like, I would eat her ass for AIDS, or whatever. Like he's like, it's a small price to pay. He does like ten minutes on it. It's very funny. He's just admitted because um, at the time I was like, I got throat cancer. I, I don't have throat cancer. I got sick because I performed too much cunnilingus. Please hold your applause. Right? Was basically his statement. And then in the years since, he said like, there's just still such a stigma around cancer that they wouldn't insure me unless I basically counteracted the announcement that I was sick with some show of virility. Uh, sure. That's bullshit, I think. I mean, her vagina did not cause him cancer. I agree. It was not her vagina. He has since admitted it was, that. Yes. It was the the uh, at the uh, accumulation of all of the... Uh, right. I think he also um, um, smoked a lot of cigarettes, you know. I think he did a lot of stuff. Uh, and uh, he attributed his cancer to stress, alcohol abuse, years of heavy smoking, and yes, possibly... <laughs> HPV transmitted by cunnilingus, you know, but right. it's a, it's a, it's a rich gumbo. He left right? out you he know? left out steak. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You know the air. You know, just generally. He right? said alcohol, right? He did yeah. say he did say alcohol. yeah, 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 because he was a big drinker. I think. Yes, um, he was a big everything. He was a man of vices. Big appetite, big movie star, big hair. Yeah. Yeah. When you put the mouse over the image, it gets brighter. And it, makes, <laughs> <laughs> it makes him look worse. Ben can tweet this image out if he so chooses. Um, you want to open that box, but not on this episode. Correct. Okay. Let's try to remember if we had anything else to do. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? So you're a big seven boy. You wanted to do seven. I'm sorry I, you're not I, doing seven. I, I love seven, and I was actually looking forward to a revisit. I still will. Oh, I, mean, I, haven't watched, uh, I haven't revisited it in, gosh, over 10 years. It's one of those movies that I really like, but it is... I'm no not usually in the mood. It's I unrelentingly guess. bleak. Yeah, yeah. You're you're not always gonna be like, I want to do 20 minutes of seven. No, it's like not a remote drop movie. No. Where you're just like, if it's on, I can't help but get sucked and, into it. Sometimes you're like, I can't do this. I right feel now. that way about most Fincher movies. Yes. That they are. Yes. Even though they are mostly very dark. I agree with you. But seven is kind of the one where I'm like, well, I know where this is going. Yeah. I think good. Yeah. I know. And I the now road know what's good. in the box. Right. right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. This one is though. I can watch this anytime. I've seen the game wow. so many times. Yeah, this is my second time seeing it. Same. Yeah. David's wearing sunglasses now. Okay. Uh, Brendan. Hmm. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for having me. Thank nice you. You've thank been... you for hugging me. I, I always you. love hugging you. You did. Was that okay? Ben, you're getting hugged on the way out. Okay, fair um, warning. I didn't shower. No. What? Oops. Okay. You're little... still getting hugged. That's okay. how much I care. Okay. Uh, happy birthday to Earl. Yes, thank you. He's um, he's he's over there. He's looking. Good he's boy. Happy. I don't even know who maintains the blank check wikia anymore, but I insist that Earl be given his own guest page now. Okay. <laughs> yes. He is That's the first clear. dog guest. Are you cool with us posting dog are we allowed to post dog? Can we get a picture of Earl sitting next to, but not in the Watto chair? For sure. I got a little Watto chair. You can post as many pictures of Earl as you want. He demands to be out there. All right. Well, um, Griff is taking the photo. Okay. That's good radio. This is great. Um, this is Earl. Like, it would be great for him. David, say something, David. Um, <laughs> what a delight. We've to, to do this. I sprained my ankle and it hurts. Okay, Brendan, anything you want to plug? <laughs> oh yeah. man, yeah, I want to plug. I I have a new record. Yes, that is finished. Yes, that is good. Yes, that is not coming out until next spring, probably. Okay, but that's a thing okay, to look forward to. This yeah. episode's dropping yeah. on September twenty fourth. Oh yeah. yeah, so at least it's closer. By that point, you know what I might have done? Dropped the first single. There you go. Dropped it. You should drop it today. Very good. I will. Right? September what? Twenty yeah. fourth. Great day for a single. You are my father's favorite musician, and I love to hear it. He's gone to several of your concerts alone. Yes, <laughs> and I love to see it. It is so funny how your dad's fandom of you extends out more to the people you've worked with. Bigger right? fan of yes. Zach and Brendan than he is. Exactly. Like. <laughs> Zach Cherry and Brendan Hines, like two of his favorite guys. Two of his favorite guys. Right. Uh, loves Brendan, but you sent me very kindly a Dropbox link to extend to my father of the new album, which he will never be able to open in a million years. I've tried a couple different angles, but I've listened to it and it's phenomenal. Thank you. I can't wait for people to hear it. Uh, I can't wait for people to hear it either. That's why I'm going to take so long to release it. Gotta make it right. Gotta do it. That Um, song is not on the record. Lock and Key, that was recent, right? You were on Lock and Key? I was. You don't want to plug it if you don't don't have to. It's done, baby. It's done. I know. This thing is done. My thing is you got to plug these things before the streaming services memory hold them. That's true. Plug them while you got them. I mean, we're not on good terms with Netflix. Let's not plug anything that they have. All right, fine. Oh, no, no, that's a good point. Yeah. Torrent, Lock and Key. Amazon. If you want to watch it. Amazon, we're on great terms with. I feel like that. Uh, should I say that? I think that's that we're like a year away from the rights reverting back on the tech. Really? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Right. I might be wrong about that, but I feel like there was like five years from when the show ended. The rights meaning could make a new show? That and both also the show possibly existing someplace else. Oh, that's interesting. I think just things could happen. Well, that's very uh, good to know. It's interesting. Doesn't quell my anger. I want. The tick on crackle. My has always been my wildest dream. Always with me. Yes. No. Same. Hurts. Uh, thank you for being here. I want to end on the note. My anger is always with me. It hurts. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Thank you, Brandon. I love you guys. Thank love you. you. Uh, we love you too. Thanks best. for doing the show. My You'll do it again. It's been nice that you've been in New York a lot this summer. We've gotten right. to hang out a lot. Uh, yeah. It has been nice to see you. Yes. It has. 
New York complicated Get feelings. the fuck out of here. I also like greatest city in the world. My nervous system is under constant assault and I pretend that I don't notice it. And it's the best <laughs> thing that ever happened to also me. Also like fucked up your arm and had three root canals. You've had like a series of, of health <laughs> hijinks. Technically, it was one root canal done three times. Well, that's <laughs> oh, you mean like they were just like we just didn't get in there enough. Kept finding roots. Practice oh, makes perfect. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Third Oof. time's the charm. Yeah, um, hopefully. Yeah, uh, and we'll we'll have you on again soon. I would love that. Yeah. Um, thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you to Marie Barty for our social media and helping to produce. The show, thank you to Joe Bowen, Pat Rollins for our artwork, J.J. Birch for our research, especially, once again, thanking you for doing pretty quick turnaround in these first couple of Thanks, JJ. dossiers. But also, you fucked up by not doing the game <laughs> dossier on the side. You're fired. <laughs> uh, Fuck, you. I can't open this briefcase. All right, well, my lawyers will be in touch. <laughs> Yo, you're lucky, J.J., that he doesn't have the key. <laughs> Uh, thank you to Lee Montgomery for our theme song. Thank you to AJ McKee and Alex Barron for our uh, editing. Blankcheckpod.com. Links. Real. Nerdy. Shit. Patreon. Blank check. Special features. Doing. We're on to Brosnan's. Our oh. solutions. oceans. Uh, we're on. Oh, my goodness. Oceans. Oceans 13. Just. No, no, no. Brosnan Bonds started just the other day. Well, that's what we're doing. There then. you go. And you can tune in next week. For Fight Club, Club. Yeah. which unfortunately it's going to be a very short episode, chill episode, because we can't talk about it. Right, exactly. We'll just talk about other stuff. Yep. And as always, just definitively for the record, want to say, Catherine Zeta Jones's vagina does not cause cancer. Okay, okay. I just wanted to say it. Dicking his way through Shitsville.